And we are coming down in three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Getting Sports with Drunk, live on the PPRN Radio Network. I am not your hostess, Cupcake the Riddler, but I am the Mask Chris Massey, and I am joined by... Mark. Sheen Washable. Ah, oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> Just Kyle today. Just Kyle. Didn't think of one. Oh. And the Rat of a Red Baron. You know, Kyle, when you don't have these names, you really you bring down the whole mood. Yeah, you really do, Kyle. I know. I just couldn't think of one. Oh. You couldn't bring back an old one? All right, fine. You're Yoshi today. No. No? Yeah, that's such an arsenal of names. I know. Mojito? Uh, no, you're toothpick we'll, souls we'll today. You, we'll I'm Luther. Luther, Luther Souls. Luther, Luther Souls. <laughs> All right, well... Uh, <laughs> Luther Van Souls. <laughs> well, welcome to another episode of Getting Sports with Drunk. Uh, we are down our hostess, Cupcake the Riddler, today. You may or may not be joining us later. Um... But but you are with Luther, yeah, Luther von Souls. Yeah, so, please never do that again. I'm gonna do it again and I'd again. Really, and again. really <laughs> rather that you and did again <laughs> and again. So, I'm I'm gonna do it. Again. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, great to have everybody here tonight, uh, gentlemen. What are we drinking? Starting lineups. Kendall, you go first. I'll piggyback off you. All right. Well, since I'm a real bum and never uh, never get my own beer, you know why? No, Kyle, I don't know why. I haven't said it in a while. <laughs> You're a cheap fuck there, Ken. That's not the reason. But, Souls Luther... You can find his address at. Luther Van Souls was nice enough to give me a super <laughs> duper triple citra, his favorite beer uh, of all time uh, from the good folks at Thomas Hooker Brewery. Thank you. You want to crack him? Because they're just drinking water. Yeah, we'll just crack him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go ahead and crack him, boys. We're cracking a little early because... Kyle's a little thirsty, but we haven't even done Toasts of Excellence yet. Yeah, it is what it is at this point. In life. Yep. It'll be a simultaneous Toasts and, uh, and beer cracking. All right, very good. Um, as he's not here, uh, Luther Van Souls has uh, our hostess, Cupcake the Riddler's Toasts of Excellence. I do. I got to find the page I wrote him on. So when Souls finds that, we'll go ahead and read off Riddler's first, just because he was very adamant that he wanted these to be. Kyle, do you want me to just read them? Yeah, you I... can do it. All right, so... <laughs> I wrote them down somewhere. Oh, I found it. All right, go ahead, no, Souls. No, 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 no. I'll do the second one. <laughs> no, that I found him. <laughs> go ahead, Souls. So for the for the Toastus Cupcake... That's right. I call him the Toastus. Boo. Calm down, Nine. <laughs> so... I don't even know how to explain the first one. Just explain the Marshawn Lynch one, and I'll do the other one. So, this past week, uh, Marshawn Lynch uh, laced up some skates and... Retired from me. What? I don't know. Laced up some skates and uh, took to an ice hockey rink and had a lot of fun out there. And called himself... Uh, what was it? Sean Gretzky? Yep. Yep. So, Toast of Excellence, number one for that, for the Riddler. And, Kyle, what's the second one? So, uh, Tom Brady has now, is now, what is it, 10 and 19 in Super Bowl? Uh, in terms of going to them? Yeah. Yes. 
and uh, he would have a higher. He has a higher percentage of going to the Super Bowl than Steph Curry does three point percentage. Wow, which is you insane. Know, I, I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> so we will. Um, Mock, do you have a toast of excellence? My toast is to Cole Beasley, who it came out today that he played pretty much the entire playoffs with a broken fibula. Which wow. is fucking insane. You ain't seen something like that since Jack Youngblood. It's a, it's a pretty pretty amazing throwback you just yeah, said there, there Maxie. Well, he played in the Super Bowl with a broken leg. Yeah, no, I know. I just I, I didn't yeah, expect Kurt that Engel, from Yeah, uh, won his rectal match with a broken damn neck. <laughs> Got some farts and a finger mat. Uh, Oh, smashing. he's fingering his ass, huh? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, really, Mark, is that true? Really botched that joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Sunkist. Uh, mine, in general, is just to uh, the Buffalo Bills. Had a very exciting season for the fan base. Uh, the, the team exceeded He's become a Bills fan already. Kyle, I'm a Steelers fan, but I like football like, I'll give a you lot. The, I'll give you the Knicks because the Rockets are just going to suck, but... <laughs> so will the Knicks. Uh, but, you know, is. A fun run, and uh, hopefully it's a sign of more things to come for for Buffalo. Uh, My toast of excellence, or Kyle. No, go. Uh, My toast of excellence is to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nope. Gross. (laughs) Don't care for that too much. (laughs) Take a shot of something. Yeah, we would like if you never did that again. Yeah, all right. Um, That was awful. There's a truly over here that... There's a truly over here that was just sitting open when I came down here. I might have to take a shot of that yeah, just nice, for that. Nice dried out truly. Yeah. Um, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're going to be the first team to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium, which is very cool. That's why it's fixed. I don't know why Tom Brady gets all those Super Bowl things, the overtime, the play in the home <laughs> stadium. It's pretty annoying. Well, he goes to all of them, so. <laughs> we'll talk about that in our next segment. But, Kyle, what's your? Uh, my toast of excellence into the injured pitchers who are joining the Yankees staff. Formerly injured. They'll get injured again. <laughs> we'll it's talk just, about that later. It's just what they'll they still do. be better than the Phillies bullpen. Oh. Um bitch. I didn't say bullpen. All right. I did. And it's not very hard <laughs> to do that. All right. We'll get into that later. We made some additions. Alright, Mock, go ahead and crack your water. Go ahead and join you in that. Mock, can you not wait for seven more days? Yeah, I'm pretty excited for February 1, fellas. Yeah. 1992. Uh, so, first things first, I wanted to lead off uh, just talking a little bit about the games yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of fun Tom Brady stats that have come out in the past 24 hours. Like, Tom Brady has now thrown the most touchdown passes in Buccaneers postseason history. He has Yeah, seven. that's hilarious. Yeah, basically, he found a way to just wrap up all those stats in yeah. a, a one playoff run. He also threw a lot of picks yesterday. He did. He did. We, we should talk about that. Um, let's see. Aaron Rodgers is not in, happy. Is one in four in conference championships. Uh, Ken Stabler, Don, Donovan McNabb, and Tom Brady are the only ones that have uh, tied his loss record. So you wanted to say Donovan Mitchell. Did I? Should, I felt like Mitchell was coming out of that. <laughs> no. you, so Aaron Rodgers is one in four in conference championships. Ken Stabler is one in four. Donovan McNabb is one in four, and Tom Brady is now ten in four. <laughs> so yeah, one of these things is Christ. not like the others. Uh, Tom Brady of the Buccaneers now has more playoff wins since turning thirty-five than any other QB has in his entire career. Uh, let's see. We get it, all right. He's the best of all time. So, so while we're while we're talking about this, 
there, there's something, you know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot today, and it's been a real bummer. Okay. But, uh, you know, I, I was wrong. <laughs> about Tom Brady? <laughs> yeah, pretty much for my whole life. Okay. You know, I always thought Brady was a guy that, you know, they, they built the system in New England. They, they won a lot with it, and that's why they won. Um, now, I think that that's partially true, but, um, you know, I always thought anyone could play quarterback in New England, and they would win games. And then this year happened. <laughs> and, you know, Cam Newton started great, then was not. Um, Tom went to a new team, completely different system, different personnel. No offseason. What... Uh, but I mean, even off season, uh, just just the system alone. Where I mean, the last, geez, even probably the last almost ten years, the the Patriots were not a throw the ball down the field team because we thought Brady couldn't do it anymore. Nope, we didn't found out they didn't have the receivers for it. <laughs> you know, and he Boy, went to Tampa, Tampa have and I mean, I know I I said it on the show, and and to you guys individually, you know. He's not going to do anything there. They don't have the core. They, they don't have what he needs. And they're going to another Super Bowl. Right. So um, now I, I think that this year, at least for I think a lot of the, the, the Brady haters like myself, th- this year to me solidified that he, he's the greatest of all time. There, there's no argument against it. Um, better than Jerry Rice? No, I'm not going to compare a quarterback to a receiver. Okay. I, I, I didn't know what you meant by greatest of all time. I didn't know if you meant greatest quarterback, quarterback of all time. Like, okay. I mean, you look at it where even, I mean, me, I know I know it's me and Kendall that always say it, but, you know, when he was in New England, every playoff game was always at home. Oh, he, he wins at home. This year he won three on the road. Well, yep. it, it's he, just, won his, he won the championship game in Lambeau. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong, but he bullshit. did a lot to try to lose that game yesterday. Yes, he did. But but really, I mean, the, there's nothing else that can be said that anyone is better than Tom Brady. You know, it's bullshit. I, I, am, I am happy that in my life watching football, I was able to watch him play as much as I don't like him. And I still don't like him. I, I respect the player that he is, but... You can tell your kids you watched the greatest of all time play. It, it's a real bummer to have to admit that. those words. <laughs> well, so, Tom, if you're listening. <laughs> go ahead and meme mock on Twitter. Oh, don't do that. So, real quick, because we're not going to d- devolve into a Tom Brady conversation. Yes, but but just real quick, as a bare bones statement, you know, Mark saying that Tom Brady would, would not be successful in Tampa was wrong. He was wrong. But... Although success in New England was not solely Tom Brady, it was no. not solely Belichick. This no, is, those this are is, uh, those aren't two mutually exclusive right. things. Th- these these things don't happen without one another. You know, right. the, all those appearances in New England. I mean, you can't you can't separate. There's there's just no way about it. It, it was a um, co- it was the perfect storm for them. I yes. mean, yes. you look at it for 20 years, the rest of the division was bad, and they weren't, and they were able to stay on top and run the NFL for 20 right. years and, yeah. and the sports centers of the world, the bleach reports will spin it, you know, in every which way just to, to have these type of conversations, but yep. it's just, it's not, it's not how it is. And, um, just to, to 
kind of like put a, a bow on it, I guess. Um, you know, they they went down. He joined a Tampa Bay team that was on the verge of greatness anyway. The receivers are, are excellent. The defense is, is excellent. And they have a good head coach. You know, it's, it's kind of like it's like a, a, the, the New England of Tampa Bay, if that, if that makes any sense. All, all the stuff of, of old New England was is present in this Tampa Bay team. It's a good pass rush. You know, it's a, it's a solid, you know, receiver. Thought you were going to say secondary. No, no, not secondary. <laughs> Certainly not secondary, but a solid pass rush. And, like, you know. And, boy, Tyreek Hill might have another big game. <laughs> yup. And, uh, and, and really, just, just to wrap it, please, dear God, let Kansas City win this game. I really don't care who wins this game. I'm just excited for oh, the God. fireworks show. It's I'm be. kind of rooting for Brady. I kind of am, too. Because it'll be cool if Big Red gets another ring. But just think of the... But it's not cool. Because I don't want to see Eric twice happy. <laughs> I mean, for me, I'll, I'll be rooting for Kansas City, but it doesn't matter. Because, you know, if Tom Brady wins it doesn't, or loses, it doesn't matter. He went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. so, um, but real quick, let's... And look... Antonio Brown gets one. Yeah. So, see, that was my other thing. I don't care about Of that the two of the three killer bees, Le'Veon and Antonio Brown are in the uh, Super Bowl. there's four killer bees. Yeah, you forget about Boswell. <laughs> Put <laughs> <Put> some respect. <laughs> and Ben has two, so I don't feel bad for the other one. Well, no, no, no. I'm just talking this year after all the drama right. that happened in the last couple of years. They're the two that are in the Super yeah, Bowl. Pretty, yeah, but they both pretty, had to do it unconventionally. Yeah, yes. pretty crappy. Like he got cut from the Jets, signed with the Chiefs. Yeah. What do you think was going to happen? Yeah, Brown. Was, Brown was, had to go to you know well, NFL jail <laughs> and be a bad guy for a couple months, <laughs> and then sign with Tom Brady. Yeah, and he got to play a couple more games. Go, to go and live with Tom yeah. Brady. So, fun fact about Tom Brady, he's undefeated in Super Bowls broadcast by CBS. Oh. But wait. What about ones with with Tony Romo calling the game? This will be his first Super Bowl, right? It will be. Ah, so Jim Nance is his only only partner. Uh, That was only a joke for me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I don't care about that joke. (laughs) Good. Um, But yeah, real quick, just to kind of profile that game, uh, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, uh, Battle of the Bays. Uh, oh God! <laughs> no, somebody had to say it, and it didn't have to be me. Uh, <laughs> we are the worst. You know that we really are. <laughs> uh, it was kind of evenly matched. Uh, the final play going into halftime, you know, Brady just chucks, you know, a forty-something yard, you know, ball down the field, and who but Scotty Miller's there, you know, to, to catch the ball and put him up twenty-one ten. Small the, white guy at the half. Yeah, I mean, it was it was like written, you know, it's like Brady wrote it. Um, and so the the Packers, I think, were chasing most most of the day. Um, it was a repeat of what we saw in like week five. Yeah, and but you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't put up four fantasy points. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Brady, you know, go ahead, Mark. No, sorry, go ahead, Kendall. Go ahead. I was just, um, you know, Brady, you know, he looked good, but also at times he looked bad. Now there was some you know, times he's under pressure, but he threw balls that he shouldn't. There was three picks that were kind of. You know, unnecessary. Now, were they, like, on third down? So, I noticed that he likes to, like, second and ten, he's going to throw the ball 40 yards down the field. I don't know why. It's just kind of how their play calling has been. But he threw a ball that appeared, I don't know if he was trying to throw it out of bounds, but it was it was, it was was picked off because it was too high. It, it, it ducked. In the... See, I didn't get to watch any of the games because I had to go to work yesterday. And I'm kinda, yeah, me too. I'm kind of not really <laughs> bummed about the other game, to be honest. Because it looked like it was a blowout. That, Chiefs Bills. Yeah, yeah. There was no competition. That game. I mean, we don't have to talk about Tampa Bay. I, I mean, I, I watched both games. Um, 
Buffalo, they jumped out early. You know, they, they muff, Kansas City muffs a punt. All the momentum is going, you know, Buffalo's way. They're up 9 nothing. you know. And it's a repeat of what happened against Houston last yeah. year. Mahomes does his thing. It's just like the fact that if you're the, if you're the Bills, and I was looking at the, the scorecast, you cannot kick field goals like that. No. Because no. they keep – the Chiefs are the one team that you, that can score in under two minutes. Yeah. Mock said it to me, or said it to all of us one time. The Chiefs, they'll be like – they'll get in the huddle. Hey, we're going to score a touchdown this, this Right this here. Drive. We're yeah. scoring. Yeah. And Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill play rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. And, and, and they just do it. Um, but, isn't it bullshit they found money to sign all these fucking dudes? Hey, I mean, this this is probably going to turn into a New England situation. This team, I think, barring injury, is going to be good for a very long time. Until fucking Big Bird comes out and shows Kermit what's up. <laughs> Um, but the biggest takeaway for me was Josh Allen took three big needless sacks. Yeah. Just, it, it, it just, it, there were, they were sacks where he ran backwards like 20 yards there, there and was had a, the chance to throw the ball right. away. There was he did that last year against Houston. Yeah. It was kind of like a, it was like a repeat for, for the way he exited last year. Well, here's the thing. He, he got nervous in the first playoff game. Didn't do well. Got nervous in the championship game. Didn't do well. I mean, next year he's going to get nervous in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so it'll take him now, four times. Can I ask a question about Josh Allen? Sure. And this this is I, – I like Josh Allen a lot. I, I, I hope he plays well. Um, but – Is there any is there any chance he has a Cam Newton trajectory? No, because he throws the ball better than Cam Newton. Yes, I agree with that. I don't think he needs but, his legs to be good. No, I, I agree. But my thing is he, he's a guy that likes to run. He likes to – fight for the extra yard so he takes big hit we've seen him you know get hurt on these hits i mean is is he a guy i mean is he like one bad injury away from cam Newton? no again because i think if he takes an injury to his legs or his lower body he's just going to move to being more of a pocket passer i mean a big part of who he is is being able to scramble and i get that i think that mcdermott could take the time and coach him to be more of a pocket passer Cam was never a pocket passer. He was... But here's the thing. Another part of it is, if you do take away Josh Allen's legs, that's a big part of his game. Yes. That's what I'm saying. If he can't move, then, I mean, is, is that... I don't think he'll keep chucking his, bodies at, his body at defenders. I mean, yesterday, there was three or four times where he should have slid. He got hit really hard one time moving to his left. And I thought he was out of the game yeah. at that point. He got hit really hard. And at that time, it wasn't a fumble because it was just the, the ground. But he, he, quote, lost he lost the ball. And like that, if he just slid, that, that would have never happened. Yeah. Um, so that, that's – I think he can continue to run and, like, he just has to be smart about it. I mean, he's not a rookie anymore. He's got to be able to know. He's got to protect his body. I just uh, – you know, everyone wants to, you know, impress your teammates. Hey, you know, he's, he's willing to put his body in the line. But you do your team no good if you get knocked out of the game. And I just, he's got to find a happy medium. Otherwise, you guys are right. He's, he's going to, you know, it's going to be that Cam Newton trajectory. So, um, but yeah, unfortunately, you know, the Chiefs, you know, did they did their thing. You know, they, they put up a lot of points in a hurry. Um, Buffalo sort of kind of made it a... Uh, a fight at the very end. They scored. They got the onside kick. They drove all the way down the field. Then they took, you know, the needless sack on top of there was there was penalties that came with it, and so it turned into it was like a, a fourth and twenty five situation. Um, and I think they just uh, they they kicked the field goal and they tried the onside again, but they didn't. 
succeed. So it's like, go ahead, Mark. I did. I wasn't saying no. Oh. It's just like in that in that situation, if let's say that he threw the ball away and it was fourth and ten, you know, it's it's a more manageable. I, I they just he he played kind of nervous. I guess no question. Be. When you got when you said the hit he took, did he get hit to the head or not? No, no, it, it, it was, was a body shot. Body, you know, he was okay. sort of like a like a, a diving get, get hit while diving type thing. Nothing kinda to like, that. Kind of like right here. Because like maybe like he played through a concussion. I, I didn't see any any head, but it's it's yeah. possible. I I think there would have been a lot more talk about it today if there was. Yeah. Can we just bring this up? I know it's going to happen real quick. Good. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins is a Pittsburgh Steeler. Yep. Should be a lifer. There are two things about this. One, they got him for nothing. Okay. So it's worth the risk. Do I want him playing? Absolutely not. But it's worth the risk. 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 I like that. <laughs> Grab your bowls. We're whisking. <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth the risk. I mean, he was supposed to be the big time prospect. Didn't work out in Washington. They got a new coach right away. They didn't have weapons around him. It was just kind of a dumpster fire for him. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't. I mean, they didn't have weapons when this year. Uh his rookie year either. They had Terry McLaurin, but that was about it. No, but that's what I mean. This year there was weapons. He played himself out of the job. He did. Yeah, I mean, he, like, he partied himself out of the job. I, I honestly think like his confidence was just shot from, in general, from poor play. Yeah. Well, in general, he was going to be signed. It just happened to be Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, Somebody offered him more money. I think, you know, it is it is low risk. Car- Carolina did. Did they? I don't know if it was more. I think it was the same type of deal. All I know is we got Duck Hodges, and he's going to be an MVP. <laughs> no, he's not. I know that from experience. <laughs> I don't know if he can handle the big city lights of Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that happened. Um... Does anybody have any other comments about the game? Um, Matt LaFleur is a pussy. Yeah. I, I, biggest fucking said. coward in football, but Aaron Rodgers could have run it in. This is true. Which, which, uh, now here's, I didn't see the play, and, and be that as it may, um, Mock, it was wide fucking open. Like, was you could have run it in. Well, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> no. Like, the guy would have caught up to us. I, I think, I'm, I think yes, he would have made. It. I think it would be more contested, you know, at the at the line. I, yes, but it was. I, I I thought he was going to run it. I don't. He he. The last second he pulled up and threw into traffic. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's kind of like the whole Cam Newton could have dove so, in the Super Bowl. So, but that but that's the thing too is where you know Rodgers can move, but he's not a running quarterback. No, so but he's, he's always going to take the pass before he runs. Um. It just comes back to, and, and he's. I think he said it in one of his interviews where he's like, you know, I thought we were going to have a another shot at it. Yeah, he thought he had four downs. So yeah, here's just, here, here's the aspect of it. Aaron Rodgers could have run it in, but Matt Lafleur has Aaron fucking Rodgers on the two yard line. Go for it on fourth down if you want to win for the championship game. You have Aaron fucking Rodgers. Put the ball in his hands. Yeah, I mean, we, we say it even with the Saints. You know, every time they run these Taysom Hill bullshit things, you're taking your best player off the field. Yep. Um, You know, wor- worst case scenario is... You miss it, but you at you least tried. It. 
Yeah. But but at the but even still, even if you get it, all right. So say say they get it, they get the two points. Now you still have to hold Brady. You still have to stop them. The, the two minutes timeouts, whatever. But you have to do that either way. Either you're doing it and you're down eight. You're doing it. You're down five. You're down uh, any. It's just either way you have to stop them. So why not play for the tie? If you stop them now, you only need a field goal. Right. And the thing you is- know they they kick the field goal even if you get the ball back. Now you still need a touchdown. I would rather I I would feel better about myself I guess if I I forced them to go ninety eight yards down the field and, and put the game on ice rather than give them you know seventy and, and then just to, to ice yeah. the but it's, you know is what it is to me know. to me it's a young coach that that got a, you know got in his own way. Yeah, he and, got too nervous. He and, he balked. Yeah, another thing too. It's like we we don't know how much this plays into, but we're in the the era of football now where analytics play into play calling. So we don't know if somebody upstairs is like you know, hey, you know, Matt, you know, if you kick the field goal here, our, our chances of getting the ball back is seventy two percent versus sixty four percent if you go for it. I mean, I don't know if that happened, but I know it does in in football nowadays, and that that could have been a factor. You know, I I don't care about the analytics thing. Like teams use it, whatever. If you think I think it hurts teams, but I I think so too. But if that's how you want to operate, then you know whatever. Um, the thing that's really annoying is the game is so ever changing. Mm -hmm. So you know, yes, going into the game, you could say, all right, yeah, if we're in this situation here, but the game is ever changing. So you know. You could be looking at Brady threw three interceptions in the second half. Like you can have a little more confidence that your defense will get it. And now you're playing for the win versus, you know, Hey, we, we have to kick a field. I don't know. It, it's just to me, it was a young coach that got in his own way and really upset their franchise quarterback. Yeah. And I, I don't, you know, because this is all we're going to hear about, all off season long, but I don't know if that is the, the the nail in the coffin, you know, for for Rogers. So you know that that segues into another thing I wanted to talk about. Mock, go ahead and say your last thing, but we I want to start talking about that. Well, that that's where I was going to kind of lead. Is I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of felt this year was going to be Rogers kind of sticking it to the Packers, and and the ultimate way would have been to win. Leave. And then be like, you know, fuck Peace. you guys, I'm out. Um, fuck this shit, I'm out. But, I, I mean, I don't think he's back in Green Bay next year. So, <clears throat> there's a lot of quarterback carousels going on this offseason. There's a lot of stuff that might be happening. Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, the Rams might look to get rid of Goff. Big Ben might be retiring. It's... Is Tua going to be on the move for Deshaun Watson? Sam Darnold, what's going to happen with the Jets? I, this is going to be a quarterback. Drew Brees is going to retire. Yeah. It, this is going to be one of the craziest offseasons in term, terms of quarterbacks that we've ever seen. The last big shakeup we saw happen, besides Brady going down to the Bucks, was Kirk Cousins going to the Vikings. What would he fucking do? This is going to be a shitstorm, and it's going to be great. <laughs> you had Philip Rivers retire. Yeah, it, 
That's the team that whoever they get, whoever they choose to pick up, is a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no doubt. As long as they pick up Stafford, Rodgers, or one of the other top-tier quarterbacks that are going to be on the market, there's no brainer. That team is built to win. Yeah. I think the only thing, and I, I am kind of in the camp as it stands right now that Rodgers will be playing somewhere else. I just think that he has it so cushy there. You know, just, you know, it's like it's a, he can do no wrong. You know, you got, you know, the, the Devonta Adams aspect. Yeah, and, but Adams is a free agent. I know. I just, I, I could be wrong. I think if one were to stay, the other would stay. Um, I don't know. I'm not on that hill. Yeah. Um, you might go join him in Indianapolis. Yeah. <laughs> I say, if I'm a team with money, you could try and bring them both. Yeah. You imagine Indy with Rodgers and oh, it'd be insane. Adams. Yeah. <laughs> With T.Y. Hilton, who figured out how to play football again. Three <laughs> weeks. Took him a little while. <laughs> yeah, listen, you can't base this poor fantasy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I... But even Denver. They might be looking for a new quarterback. They're always Denver, looking for a go. new quarterback. John Gruden. Fucking unpredictable. She'd never know with him. Yeah, but That's Denver's going to want a draft. <laughs> but it's like... <laughs> it's like, if you're one of these quarterbacks coming out of the draft this year, there's five of them that are projected to go in the first round. Yep. Okay? That might not happen now. With all these other teams trying to figure out what quarterback they want. All right, so let's let's talk about every single team that's going to be looking for a quarterback. Kyle, keep count on how many I say. Uh, Green Bay Packers. They, they, ha- the... they have their guy. They have, right, but Rogers either Rodgers might... or Jordan Love. That's right, Rodgers might be on the move. Chicago Bears. Trubisky's not getting that deal. Okay, but... New England Patriots are looking for that. All right, here we go. I thought we were going to talk about it. Real no, quick. no, no, no. We're, I'm just keep a count. I'm just trying to go through the list of all the shakeup we're going to have. New England Patriots. They're going to be looking for somebody because I guarantee you Stidham's not the answer. Dallas Cowboys. What's going on with Dak? Oh, yeah. I forgot he's a free agent. Yep. <laughs> Kansas City, I would say, is pretty set right now. Uh, nah, they're looking to trade Mahomes. Yep. Uh, the Eagles. For Daniel what the Jones. fuck's going on with Wentz? What the fuck's going on with Hurts? Who knows? Saints. Kyle, I would do that trade. I know you would. Who would for I? second round? What? For a second round pick? Who? Jalen Hurts. I want no. no, that's not what no, we're talking it about. It was Mahomes for Daniel Jones. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Fuck Jim Hurts. I think he's an overrated bastard. Whatever. Uh, New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees is going to retire. They have no money. Uh, Denver Broncos. They have Drew Locke. They're a contender with a real quarterback. Seattle oh, Seahawks are pretty set. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Because Russell Wilson looked like poop in the last half of that season. Doesn't matter. Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. They're yeah. going to keep him. Until he starts sucking dick. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Big Ben might be retiring. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta Falcons. What Matt Ryan might Ma- be moved. What are we going to do with Matt Ryan? Detroit Lions. Stafford's out. Miami Dolphins. What the fuck's going on with Tua? Are we trading him for Deshaun Watson? No, they should keep Fitzpatrick and keep doing the uh, <laughs> whatever they want to do thing. Yeah. Uh, Bullpen release Houston guy. Texans. Sean ain't going back. Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins is when not the that. answer there. Uh, Buffalo Bills are pretty set. Carolina Panthers. Bridgewater's not the answer. I'm sorry. But he, he didn't play he, enough to lose his job. He's he's a worse version of Alex Smith. But he didn't lose he didn't lose his job. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Who the fuck knows? Like Kyle said with Gruden. Washington football team. Tyler Haneke? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, they played a lot of quarterbacks this year that, like, had some good. That's yep. weird. But I don't know about Alex Smith because his leg gave out at the end of the year. Right. Los Angeles Rams. According to reports, Sean McVay is not happy with Jared Goff, and I cannot say that I blame him. 
Indianapolis Colts. They don't have a quarterback right now. They do. They don't. Jacoby Brissett was okay. San Francisco 49ers. A lot of rumors that Jimmy's not going to be back there next year. He's not that good. He's not that good. He's a bad quarterback. Jacksonville Jaguars. They're getting Trevor Lawrence. They're set. Jaguars are set. <laughs> they, uh, they know what they're doing. <laughs> New York Jets. Oh, they're set, too. They, they're going to just play anybody, and okay. they'll win two games. Los Angeles Chargers are pretty set, and that looks like it's it. So there's a lot of teams that are <laughs> going to be shuffling around but here's quarterbacks the thing. this year. So Pittsburgh Steelers, if Ben retires, right? If Ben retires. They now have money to do whatever the fuck they want. And I don't think... <laughs> wow. The Giants should look for a quarterback, too. <laughs> that was a real fart. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was good. In my opinion. I think the Giants should look for a quarterback, too. But we'll talk about that The later. Giants are still a year away from it. But, like... It, it, th- this season will be big for Jones. I if agree he, with Mark. doesn't, you know, pop this year, then I think that's it. But he's going to have one more season. I agree with that. And Mark if you're the Steelers, if... If Ben retires, a lot of money opens up. Yep. We already had Pouncey retire. Well, he consid- he, he's considering his time. Did he announce it? Yeah. Like he pretty much told the teammates he was. I think I'm also kind of, too, I'm wondering if, if one goes, does, I mean, if he retires, does Ben go, too? That's what I'm thinking. Like, if Pouncey retires, does, does that mean Ben's done? Because a lot of guys said they weren't going to retire until Ben does. Which, to be honest with you, we kind of need a whole fucking new offensive line anyways. But... Do the Steelers bring in a veteran, or do they draft someone? Because Matthew Stafford has like four years left. The guy fucking goes through so much pain anyway, so might as well bring him in and not let him yep. break ribs and see what he can do. Well, and not to make this a whole Steelers thing, but the Pittsburgh has suffered through this whole Ben thing where, you know, the offense was really good, the defense wasn't good. Then it flips, the defense is really good, the offense is kind of so-so. There's never been, you know, where... Both are clicking at the same time. Early in, early on, you know, defense kind of brought us to those two Super Bowls. You know, Ben had a really great stretch from twenty, we'll call it twelve to twenty sixteen. And the or, defense wasn't able to compete. So and here's the thing, though: like, as a Steeler fan, you're happy either way. If Ben retires, you now have money to do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, you open up forty one million dollars right there. You already got five, and you already got Pouncey. If he if he does just decide to retire, that's another five, six, seven, eight right there. So now you're in the camp of you try and win another one. Well, if if Ben retires, it doesn't open up the full forty-one. But they'll have at least they'll have a they'll, lot more they'll money. Have, they'll have money to play with, but it, it's not the full. I don't know exactly how they calculate all the the cap hits and stuff, but I think if he retires, it opened up like twenty, which is still a lot. Oh yeah, it's, uh, they'll they'll still definitely have. Money. But they'll just pay T.J. Watt with that money. But the, I mean, they're also a team that they they got to make decisions this offseason. Right now, they're twenty million over the cap, the projected cap for next year. Was that before all the retirements? This was as of today when I looked at it. So yeah, they're they're projected to be like twenty million over. I'll look it over the cap right now. I just. It's weird because, like, some people are saying like they're not over the cap. Like, it's diff- I don't know how they de- how they currently even do it. you are thirty four million dollars over. That's including Ben. That's including uh, who'd you say was retiring? Pouncey. Pouncey. Uh, that's including Pouncey too. So, if because Pouncey's not officially, you know, correct. Right. 
it is. But that's the thing. I mean, uh, sorry, Kendall. Um, you know, Kyle, I mean, just what two years ago or last year, you know, you watch Giants fans go through it with Eli, where, you know, at at some point, and, and not to say that Ben, he's not done. Can't, not that he can't play, but I mean, really, realistically, if your defense didn't play the way they did, Would where you do you think the Steelers were this year? Middle ben, of the road, like. Like Ben wasn't the one winning games like he has in years past. You know what I mean? Like their their defense. But it's also it's also the way that they played. So the, the I think the idea was, and I, I understand from like a logistic standpoint, you want to protect your quarterback because he's old and he has a history of injury. How do you do that? You get the ball out of his hands as fast as you possibly can. But that doesn't necessarily result in good offensive play calling, and it doesn't necessarily result in you know being able to do everything you want to do with a quarterback so they, they kind of they they backed themselves into a corner and made themselves entirely one-dimensional there was times where ben threw the ball down the field and he, he looked just as good it just like the indianapolis colts game like he it was like oh shit did they figure it out yeah and then they went but, back to but that's what I'm, I'm not saying ben is you know unable to play what i'm saying is is compared to you i mean obviously he, he's aging He's not able to play at the same right. Level. I, I think I, I understand. Like all good things must come to an end. You can't you yeah. can't let somebody play forever unless right? you're Tom Brady. I, well, you know, unless you're Tom Brady, we got to know it's in that miracle juice that he's been drinking for forty years. It's, it's the thing though of this is a year they need to figure out they need if they are going to go address the quarterback situation. Yeah, I mean th- this should be the year that they do whether he retires or not. No, I agree. Like there, those five quarterbacks, two of them are going to drop. Of that being somebody signs someone else via free agent or via trade, mm-hmm. it just it, it's just gonna happen. It's like like Minnesota was probably fourteen or like probably in the top thirteen fourteen picks. One of the they're probably gonna take a quarterback because Kirk Cousins there for one more year, and they're probably not gonna pay him again. Yeah. Did is it one? I thought they already extended him for a couple more. And if they, they did, did. Uh, did they? Yeah, we talked about this. I, a and I only said because I remember we talked about that just a couple and then, weeks ago. Then, even still, they still might take a quarterback. Oh yeah, they should because Cousins is pretty terrible. But <laughs> just the conversation. Yeah, but, Justin Jefferson uh, pretty much said he was ass. See. And the thing too, like for for Pittsburgh, we were really lucky because you know if Tommy Maddox doesn't get hurt, Ben doesn't come in. No, you know it's. A, Everything kind of went our way. You know? Everything, everything pans out. You know, it's the same. You know, Eli doesn't pull the the Chargers deal. It's just sports are poetic that way. Yep. Right. You know, things just happen, and it's just how it plays out. Like Ben didn't um, lose a game until his second year. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Ben. Ben has had a long, very successful career. The and if it wasn't for the Patriots dynasty, he'd probably have four rings. Yeah, you know, I, like no, you you're right. Uh, so I I, th- I think there's got to be a lot of you know decision making. Either know. way, what whatever he does, I'll be happy. Oh yeah, I, I will too. And and I think that's how the majority of not only the Steelers fan base is is just as an NFL fan. You know, it's Ben Ben may not be the most likable guy, but if you watch football, I mean, you you respect Roethlisberger and how he plays he, he's done some questionable things <laughs> so but, but what football player has <laughs> yeah 
Um, so this is news that I hadn't heard. Um, Eric Fisher tore his Achilles last night, so the Chiefs will be without their starting left tackle. Yeah, I saw he was, you know, uh, Andy Reid went and you know kind of like console him. But I didn't know what the extent of the injury was. Yeah, it sounds Listen, like he Andy Reid's just gonna suit up. Oh, could you? Imagine? He's gonna get out. <laughs> All right, guys. And like no one catches on at the end of the game. Oh my God, it was Andy Reid the whole time. <laughs> It'd be like the end of a Scooby Doo cartoon. <laughs> Who's really Andy behind this helmet? Reed. But it's like Eric Fisher's whatever. He's not leaving. Well, you know, like talent wise, yes, Kyle, I agree with you. But you know, he's a guy that's been there a long time. He's he's a leader on the team. Like I, I see where it can affect. It'll hurt. But yeah, he's he's just kind of a middle of the road. Well, they got one game without him. See if they can do yeah. it. Yeah, well, you figure, I mean, he doesn't catch passes, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what good is that? He's just going to look right, look 48 yards down the field, and he's going to be wide open. So, <laughs> Super Bowl 55 will be Tom Brady's 45th postseason game. That's more than 21 NFL franchises. Wow. <sighs> the Lions are in that match. Yeah. Now, do you think if Brady wins, does he retire? No. No. no I don't think so. I think he'll play he's till he's 45. He's playing till he's 45. He's got two years no, on that contract. He'll, he'll play till he's at least forty-eight. He wants to be George Blanda's record for the oldest player. Well, I hope he gets diarrhea and can't do it <laughs> every day, <laughs> every Sunday. Um, hey, how long before Kelsey is the greatest tight end of all time? Uh, probably like two more games. <laughs> I really, give him a, like, I give him a couple I more was, years. I mean, well, really, like he'll he'll end up passing like Gonzalez and. Well, Kendall's going to draft him in the first round next year, so. Probably. I'll probably take him in the tenth pick. Cause I, what, like last night, because <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't get to watch the game, but I was kind of listening to it, and I just got like, at some point, this guy's just gonna be the greatest tight end. Yeah. And it's probably gonna end up not even being close. <laughs> well, that helps when you have fucking Patrick Mahomes throwing right. to you. But but he's only had Mahomes for two years. He was doing this with Alex Smith. That's true. Alex you know, Smith is also a big fan of running backs and tight ends only. Yeah. But still, like, it's just... Went a year without throwing a touchdown to a receiver. <laughs> he, he's, you can't cover him. It's just... He, he's... It's amazing. He's going to end up being the greatest we've ever seen. It's amazing, though, the two different offenses that we see in Kansas City. Like, the first time that Kansas City got into the mix, it was Jamal Charles running. Mm-hmm. And catching passes out of the backfield from Alex Smith. Now that they don't run the ball, and he just throws a fifty-eight yard downfield every play. Yeah, and they, they, it, it's who is it? Hill? Is it? Is it Hardman? Mm-hmm. Is it Watkins? Is it Kelsey? It's like you know, it's bullshit. Watkins isn't good, but he's just there for the ride, and he's been having a good ride. Yeah, I mean, he kind of just fell into it, and like every week one, he goes off. But but that's the thing, though, Kyle. I mean, Watkins isn't a bad receiver. He's not a number one that he may have been, you know, when he first started in Buffalo, but he's still, you know, a good player. I know, but every week one, he goes off for 48 points. Oh, yeah. And he is the Weaver Wire pickup of the week. Yep. And, and doesn't do a damn thing for the rest of the year. <laughs> Second fantasy frustration from Kyle in the first hour? <laughs> no, I never had him. I always knew what he was about. It's that Robert Tunyon guy that pissed me off. Yeah, we'll never hear about him ever again. True. Especially if Rodgers is. Yeah, he'll just kind of disappear. He'll time Crabtree it. <laughs> I'll pick him next year. <laughs> so, um, we never gave a toast of excellence. Who was that cornerback uh, that played uh, for two different teams in the playoffs this year? His... 
Uh, the guy that played for the the Ravens and then yeah got signed. Was he a corner or a line? Whatever he, he was, was a corner. Um, there was an offensive lineman that did that too. No, Jared Valdier was gonna do it, but he ended up getting COVID, so he didn't play. Poor guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, either way, he would have been. They would have been the first team uh, to play for two different teams and then lose for two different teams <laughs> in the postseason. <laughs> he would have had a win. Well, did you see the other thing that this Super Bowl is the first time that the previous two winning quarterbacks are playing against each other? Oh, no, that's pretty cool. Just added to the list of things Brady's doing in the Super Bowl. Again, you figure I was <laughs> I was talking about this today. You know, I'm I'm 28 years old, right? Mm-hmm. So figure I I really got into football. It was when Eli Manning came. So, you know, 2003, 2004, 2004 was when he was drafted. So, you know, I was in, I don't know, we'll call it sixth, seventh grade, somewhere around there. So since, what's what, 16 years. In 16 years, I watched Brady go to fucking, what, eight Super Bowls. Yep. Win five of them or four of them. Pretty much my entire football life has been Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And it's bullshit. <laughs> we haven't yeah. seen the likes of this domination since Gretz. Oh, come on. <laughs> Subtly name. Well, no, no, no. Like, Gretz dominated his sport. That's what you're saying. Come on, to yeah. You're just gonna keep calling him Gretz. You're just gonna keep saying it. Like Gretzky. like you're like, you, like you're restoring a Camaro with him on the weekends. <laughs> like, yeah, Nobody has dominated their sport back. like this since Gretzky. You're right. You're right. It's it's. And, you and know, I won't ever say we won't see it again because nobody thought we would see somebody dominate their sport like Gretzky right. did. And you know we com- we complain. Well, some of us complain about it, myself included. But in a way, we're somewhat lucky. To, to be able, we said it a little while ago to to be able to watch this, yeah. Because you know, you know, say what you want. The NFL, I think, I think when we were watching football when you were younger, it was a, it was a better product. I think there's so much of it has changed now. Uh, you know, safety. I'm not saying I don't believe in player safety, but you, you know, don't believe the, in player safety. It's okay, <laughs> but stuff is so micromanaged in, in football now in, in every aspect that it's just it's just different than it was 15 years ago when we started watching it. So it's just you know. We got to witness a, a really interesting thing in professional sports, and, and the likes of which who, who knows we we may never see again. Well, we're seeing it now with Mahomes. So, I, yeah, who knows? Maybe in another fifteen years we'll be talking about. I'm tired of Mahomes being in the Super Bowl, but I'm already tired <laughs> of it. Yeah, when he's at his fifteenth straight. Yeah, because at this point, who's going to fucking stop him besides injury? See, I, I think, too, the, the Mahomes thing is Brady was never, like, a likable guy. You know, even when he was, like, he always just came off as, like, a like a douche. <laughs> Whether if he, if he was, he's not, like, we never really knew. But really, like, he was never, like, a likable guy. I don't know. I kind of like his uh, him and Gronk video. But when they're, like, laughing. But I mean, like, like, you know, he was always, like, the, like the Hollywood quarterback. You right. Know, well, he, it's, he the, it's the the fashion model where where Mahomes, I think Mahomes is a much more likable personality because he bought the Royals. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it's all it's all about the image, and you know, Tom Brady is always kind of that that corporate 
chic to him, like that, like the Hollywood thing, where everyone Mahomes is portrayed in the way he acts, like you know, he's like a kid. He seems like oh, he's he's one of us. You're like oh, that's Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's gonna go play cornhole in the backyard and eat a bunch of ketchup. And you know, no, no one's gonna hate in that. It's just it's because it's, it's know, harmless. I didn't know where the ketchup thing came from, but it's a commercial. No, he's known to really like ketchup. You didn't know that? When That's... he first started in the league, there was a huge thing about him putting ketchup on his steak and people fucking massacred him for it. Well, have, you guys haven't seen the, the, the State, Farm, State yeah. Farm commercial? Yeah, they're really laying into it pretty hard with the ketchup. It was funny when it first happened. It's no longer funny. Yeah. State Farm ruins everything. Please yeah. be our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was on Reddit the other day because I was thinking about Philip Rivers retiring, and there's there was a lot of discussion on whether he I should be a Hall of Fame, sobbing. Uh, whether he should be a Hall of Fame inductee or not. I think the general consensus in this room is that he's a Hall of very good player, not a Hall of Famer. Um, no, he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Okay, two Hall of Famers, mock. Oh, man. Um, I mean, I think he's super fringe. Dude, he's in like top five of like all offensive but categories. He's done nothing. Doesn't yeah, matter. But it's also just—it's pretty much just empty. Yeah, but he's gonna go—he's gonna go in off of stats. Right. There's a lot of quarterbacks like that, like the the, the Dan Fouts of the world. It's like it's it's a, it's a mirror image. You had all the all the stats. I see what you're saying. All Charger quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, picking up what I'm putting down. But he's had eight Pro Bowls and a Comeback Player of the Year. That's all he's had. There's nothing else that he has. He doesn't have. Yeah, but he's top five in every offensive category. Yeah, For I just, how long? I just think. Well, doesn't matter. Well, that's the thing. You know, he he could end up making the Hall of Fame as, as soon as possible in, in the five years' time. And He's then, not a first ballot. Well, per, perhaps not. Well, people he, thought Alan Fernico was a first first ballot Hall of Famer, and he's still not in. So, I mean, like Philip Rivers could make it in as, as soon as possible, and then the stats will be eclipsed in you know that that amount of time. I don't know. And people are also going to vote him in because he's a likable guy, like. Barry Bonds is a sure thing Hall of Famer when it comes to his stats, but he's not a likable guy. So the fucking sports... Well, he also cheated. Doesn't matter. So the sports writers well, right it, now are pretty much saying that Kurt Schilling shouldn't be in because of his politics view. Who the fuck cares? The, well, guy, the, guy, well, the guy's a Hall of but, Fame pitcher. Who cares about his views in politics? But, but again, I mean, they're, they're keeping him out because he's, like, attacked reporters and has said some really rough stuff. But that doesn't mean he's not a Hall of Fame pitcher. Oh, no. You go off his... Like they they put so much of their background life into it, who the fuck cares what they say about reporters and shit? Was he a great pitcher in the MLB? Yeah. Is he a Hall of Fame pitcher in the MLB? Yeah, he is. He's in. Sorry, it's the same reason that they tried to keep Owens out. Yeah, th- there's got to be some you know separation. You know, like people were saying, like let the fucking players and coaches vote. Right. Because the writers, the writers yeah, yeah, writers are fuckheads. Just. Yeah. There was one guy who said Derek Jeter wasn't a unanimous Hall of Famer. One guy. Yeah. Because he said yeah. he didn't want him to be. That's the only reason. Well, he said it was pretty much uh, Babe Ruth wasn't unanimous, so nobody should be. Right. And I'm pretty sure they took that guy's vote. They took well, they should have. They take everybody's vote. No, no, no. Like They, they took they it away. They don't allow him to vote oh. anymore. <laughs> Probably. Um, Marshawn Lynch he, a Hall of Famer? No. He was, he was good know. for a very short period of time. He was nothing in Buffalo. He was pretty good in Buffalo. But he wasn't like the Marshawn Lynch that we knew. 
I mean, I think Marshawn Lynch is really good and will go down as like a great running back. But I don't know. I, I have to really take a good like hard look at it. But so you guys are putting Philip Rivers in, but you're not putting Marshawn Lynch in because I think when you when Marshawn you, Lynch was good for a very short period of time. When you stack up the quarterbacks that we're talking about versus the, the running backs, it is like the really like elite running backs of our time. You know, since then, Marshawn Lynch has an, has two All Pros. He was a touchdown uh, rushing touchdowns leader. He's a Super Bowl champion. He has five Pro Bowls. And I don't think he's not. I mean, I would vote for him. I think he's a great running back. I just I don't know what he's going to stack up against. Ten thousand yards, right? And, and it's also yards. the writers. They didn't like him because he was just there so he wouldn't get fined. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So like that's the point. Like writers are going to knock him also, off for Kyle, that. He was good in Buffalo. Yeah, he, he was very good in Buffalo. But he wasn't as he good. Broke a thousand. You broke a thousand he had yards. Two thousand like, yard seasons. Yeah. How many years did he play in Buffalo? Four? Three? You had, oh, the, you had the computer fine. Four, because he was traded. Four, okay. The The third year wasn't great. No, but the team wasn't great that year. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, but Philip Rivers' team were never that great either. Philip Rivers played with a Hall of Fame tight end, a Hall of Fame running back. I don't know if Antonio Gates is a Hall of Famer yet. But he's going to be. He had, I mean, <laughs> But why? What did he have to show for it? Are you, are you going to make the argument Antonio Gates isn't a Hall of Fame? I'm hold just on. saying. Hold on. He's hold as on. good as his quarterback. Uh, was a three-time first-team All-Pro and a second t- or a two-time second-team All-Pro and eight Pro Bowls. That's fine. Who made him that Pro Bowler? Philip Rivers. Okay. who got a lot less than. Yeah, but Philip Rivers also had more to compete with. I I I think Marshawn could be a Hall of Famer. And I'd like him to be. I think he will be. I think Gates will be too. Um, Marshawn's definitely not a first ballot Hall of Famer. No, I would probably say he's, not. I would say he's not a first ballot, but I think he gets in. But like Gates had a lot of people not to compare with when it came to the tight end position. Like Tony Gonzalez was there, but he was there for the tail end of his career in Atlanta. It it it's tough. Um, you know, he's, I I understand what you're saying. You know, but in, in turn, you know, you know. Gates did play with with Breeze briefly, and you know, Breeze wasn't the quarterback he was in San Diego that he was like, with like, the Saints. Like, but like Gates could have a nine hundred yard, five touchdown year, and he probably would make first team All Pro because there was no other tight end doing it. Right, the the the, the position has totally changed. Um, yes, he you know he and Gonzalez were the guys to do it, and then you know Jason Witten kind of you know moved into that that elite tight end conversation and then it became such a, a mandatory requirement to be a pass catching tight end you got to score touchdowns and catch you know 80 receptions a year in order to, to you know be considered a good tight end that it's, it's it's a totally different position than it was when we first started watching football but i don't need to go on my soapbox about how football was when we were young um is there anything else you guys want to talk about is teddy bruce a hall of famer he probably will be and He's probably an okay guy, but I don't care for him. <laughs> um, Kyle, he, he played most of his career with Tony Gonzalez, who was the first five years was with Kansas City. Yeah, but what year did he retire? Who are we talking about? Tony Gonzalez played till 2013. Gates came in in 2003. So the first 10 years of Gates' career. Tony All right, Gonzalez so he fought one guy. You fought one guy. Well, there was, there was Todd Heap. Yeah. Okay. 
That's about I mean, it. He, he was a pro bowler, or uh, all pro. And he had like one good year. It was Jason Witten. Okay. I mean, I think the... the Quincy uh, Carter was his fucking quarterback, so... There was Shannon Sharp. He wasn't there for that I I think he retired before he came into the league. He did. But the, the the tight ends of the two thousands were like you you know it was You're blocking guys it was well but, but like the the stars were Gonzalez Gates, Todd Heap Heath Miller um, Heath Miller was never an All Pro guy. I, I mean I couldn't even really think of other guys. Al Rudolph because he's eternal. Algie Crumpler. Oh man, Algie Crumpler. He sucked. <laughs> he had one good uh, year. He had one year. He was an All Pro. Yeah, he was good. Who was the Giants' tight end back then? Jeremy, Jeremy Shockey. Shockey. There we go. That's what Jeremy I was thinking. Shockey. He dropped a lot of balls. He sure <laughs> did. Hey, that guy liked to run with his helmet off. <laughs> it was a real rat. All right. What do you guys hey, say we uh, <laughs> we go to a break? We'll come back and we'll yeah. uh, talk some let, we'll talk some baseball. baseball. All right. We'll see you guys on the other side. Welcome back to Getting Sparks with Drunk on the PPRN Radio Network. I am your hostess for tonight, the Mass Chris Massey, and I'm joined by all of us. Well, yeah, we, we don't do this. <laughs> rats we're all rats hi mike everybody's a rat hi mike hi kyle how are you well, i'm just chilling yeah mike what are you playing tonight borderlands yeah how's covid treating you well i'm negative too strong i'm telling you dude covid doesn't like fat people <laughs> in fact it kills them very often didn't kill us well kyle i don't think it's possible we for should you- have it already no, we we practice social distancing and being safe. I I lived with someone that tested positive. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Mark. I like the passion of Kyle. We should have it. <laughs> he demands like, COVID. Like no offense, but like Mock should have gotten it like eight times already. That's true. Kenny tried to give it to us. Mock, are you offended? I'm just too strong. It's a disease that picks and chooses who he wants. Listen, this little Wuhan flu ain't gonna get me. <laughs> Uh, all right, Kyle. All right, what are we talking about? So I made a huge list. All right, list of what? Can you let me get to it? You fucking dick. <laughs> so made a list of like the biggest moves that teams have made so far c- across Things MLB. I want for Christmas. Yes, I would like <laughs> a shotgun. Oh wow! So I can hang out with Handy more. Hey, good gift. <laughs> good turn. Because I didn't think that was going to go that way. But anyway. I made a list of the top free agent sign and top trade that were happened. We don't have to get into depth about each one. But it's definitely worth to talk about because we haven't done it. Agreed. Um, we haven't really done it. No, we haven't. And we've been wrong on mostly all of these. Yeah. Do you want to, like, as we're going through, do you want to kind of talk Give about what we, what we predicted? Well, my mask's pulling it up. Yeah. I right. mean, you know, just to, like, you know, ha, you got it wrong. That's always fun. We all thought that Carlos Santana won wrong, and I can tell you that for a fact. <laughs> I looked it up that night. What are you saying? <laughs> Is that why you were begging me for it? Yeah, you wouldn't give it to me. All right, so we'll start off with the ALEs. We'll start off with the New York Yankees. Um, They, they signed DJ LeMayhew, they signed Corey Kluber, and they traded for Jamison Tyon yesterday. So the only person to get LeMayhew right was me. Mark, who'd you pick? He picked the Blue Jays. I think what? I did also. Yeah. Kendall, you picked the Blue Jays as well. I think I did too. No, you picked the Red. Uh, you picked the Mets. Wow, high praise! I feel like someone wrote the wrong thing. I'll go back and listen to the show, but I typed these as it was happening. 
We recorded this when I was quarantining, right? Yes. When we did the show. Yeah. So here's my thing about the Yankees. They got their they got their most important player back in DJ Lemayhew. Kind but, of a surprise. Not really. No, you don't think so? No, I, because they they were so high in him anyways. No, I agree, but I just it seemed like when this this whole thing started, it seemed like they were so far away on contract dealings and it just I don't know. I just felt like he was gonna go to a team that was just gonna flash, you know, a bunch of money in his face. A lot of people don't have money. So like when I was looking at it like ninety million, I was like, that's not a lot for him. And then I was like, it's fifteen a year. And I'm like, I mean I guess it makes sense. Like I guess he was he's not a guy that always demanded money anyways. Mm-hmm. So like he kinda took a team friendly deal in my opinion. One because he liked New York. And, you know, he hits a lot more dingers in New York. Yeah. He's played in two ballparks that really have been <laughs> friendly to him. <laughs> Um, the other two, the other two acquisitions that the Yankees made scared me a whole lot. Who were those? Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyon. Oh, yeah. I I more meant that for and, the listeners. And I don't know if Mock agrees with me. Kluber is more safe bet than Tyon, in my opinion. Kluber has a Cy Young. Mm-hmm. We know how good Kluber can be when healthy. Just in the last two years, he hasn't been, and age has caught up to him. So, so here's my thing with Kluber, and and really, like, it's hard to account for last season because it was, you know, the shortened season. So guys that were hurt, that probably could have came back in a full 162, you know, they they didn't because there there wasn't much reason to. Um, but you know, Kluber had the the broken arm when he got hit with the line drive, and then when he did come back from that, he left with the the shoulder tightness. So. You know, he missed the short season, which, you know, anytime a guy misses time isn't good. But I do think that he was signed with the expectation that he's not going to be the Cy Young guy. Yeah. That he's going to come in and be the the three, four, you know, a back-end starter. And he has experience of being a successful pitcher. Um, I don't think, you know, they were they were – anticipating getting the Corey Kluber of, you know, four or five years ago. But here's my opinion on this whole thing. The Yankees have a lot of starters now with a lot of injury prone and a lot of question marks. So Tyon's coming off his second Tommy John. Um, he was never really, like, dominant in Pittsburgh. No, what's odd, though, so he... He was their top prospect at the the time, was he not? Yeah. So I think there was a lot of people, especially for the Pittsburgh organization, that hey, this was going to be their ace. This was mm-hmm. going to be the guy of the future. And then, like you said, he, had, he got injured twice, and you know, well, he, the the year before he got hurt, he was very good. Yeah, I mean, they, they, he had the year that was expected, mm-hmm. I guess, especially with everything that went on. Um, so like, Pittsburgh is having like a fire sale. Like Pittsburgh is preparing. No, the whole NL Central is having a fire sale. <laughs> yeah. Um, for well, the the sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, so for, for the Yankees, I, I think it's 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 of course it's a gamble, but I, I think it's not totally out of the question. He's, he's not he's not going to New York to be the ace. I think he's going there to be a three four guy. You know, so I think you know the the expectations for him are are not. So right now the Yankees have Severino, mm-hmm. injury problems. Kluber, past couple of seasons, injury problems. Tyon, injury problems. And you have uh, Garrett Cole, right? Yep. 
you lost Tanaka, who's probably well, their best. Yeah, but probably they're probably gone. So you have Jordan Montgomery, Domingo Herman, and uh, who's that rookie, Mike? Uh, Garcia, Debbie. Yeah, yeah, Debbie Garcia. So you have three guys fighting for the fifth spot. Which, listen, all these the moves that they made are good, high risk, low uh, low risk, high reward. Yeah. Yeah. If they get into a big injury prone season, it's going to be rough for the Yankees. Which I mean, I don't want to you know jinx the Yankees, but that's kind of been their route recently. They kind of taken like a five years. taking a page out of the Mets book, yeah. and they've they've had a lot of problems keeping people on the field. But if they don't get hurt, the Yankees are probably the f- top two team in the AL. I agree. So, so here's the other side of that because I agree with every word you just said. But I think that's why they brought in so many because, you know, these are guys. You cut down Kluber's innings. You cut down um, the other guys. I, I can't think of the name. Tanyan. Tyon. Tyon. You cut down his uh, innings. I mean, that can keep them off the IL. So you know, if also I don't know if Tyon's gonna be ready for the beginning of the season. I, I think he to, should be. I was looking at like right now. I don't know like when he had the Tommy John. I think it was uh, earlier last year. Tommy oh. John sometimes happened. You got, you kind of like wait until like the middle of the season to get ready. But but even then, I no, mean, no, I I agree with you one hundred percent. It's just I I think they brought in these guys because yeah we've had injury plague seasons. They but, have, they um, have a lot more depth. Exactly, and they can cut down the innings. Mm-hmm. You know, Cole is probably going to be the big. Inning eater, uh, you know, inning guy. I mean, you still have Paxton. No, no, he's gone. Oh, that's right, he is gone. Mm-hmm. Where did he go? He's nowhere yet. He threw for he teams just... the other day. Say it again. He threw for teams the other day. Ooh, oh, oh, oh. He got injured yeah. last year. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um it, it to me it was it was a depth thing and. They'll be able to manage a rotation. I, you know, they're, they're not going to have a set five. No, I agree. Four, whatever. And like I said, I think I think they're good moves. It just it scares me a little bit. It, you're right. Like you said it best. Low risk, high reward because these guys can come back. They can be healthy. They can play a full Especially season. Especially Kluber. Imagine if Kluber comes back to normal. Jesus yes, Christ! Yes. You got the best two pitchers in baseball right there. Now we'll go to the Red Sox, who's done a little bit less work. <laughs> um, they, they brought in Garrett Richard. They just traded for Adam Adovino today, and they brought in Kiki Hernandez. They're not wow moves. They're just filler moves. Kiki Hernandez has had some success, but he's never batted over 250, I think. If it is, he never batted over 300. Um, Garrett Richards coming off a year where he had Tommy John the year before, so he struggled a little bit. And Adam Adovino... He struggled in New York, but he was one of the best relievers in baseball when he was in Colorado. So the Red Sox are kind of just keeping themselves in a third place race. You think that Hernandez signing is just a kind of like a guy float around? Yeah, he's just a utility he's guy. Just, yeah, he's nothing special. He's a solid player. I didn't know if they they're hoping like, hey, this is the guy to fill X role. Well, he he could he could probably play like right field or second base for him, but like I don't think he's going to be like a wow guy. He's also going from the NL to the AL, which people have like trouble doing in the beginning. Yeah, 
Oh, I was gonna say something about him and I forgot. We'll move on. You were gonna sing that Drake song. <laughs> That's what it was. Thank you. Um, then we go to the Toronto Blue Jays, who have making some noise. They signed center fielder George Springer. They brought in closer Kirby Yates, and they signed Tyler Chatwood. None of us had Springer listed. Uh, it was Springer who and who? Our Kirby Yates. Uh, and none of us had Yates. And for 10 seconds, the Blue Jays had Michael Brantley. <laughs> that, that that blew my mind. I, I don't understand. Yeah, that, that, that Obviously, George Springer brings... George Springer plays his best baseball in October. We've seen it time and time again with that guy just fucking hitting dingers in the playoffs. And if they get there, he's a very big problem. And with that young roster, I it's think easy he's... when they're banging trash cans. <laughs> yeah, but if, if he's the one guy you can like on that team, it's him. Because he's a Connecticut guy. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, Kyle. And that's so not true. It's very true. Kyle Faceman Weber. John Quick is a douchebag. I never said I like John Quick. But you said, uh, if you like him, he's a Connecticut guy. Well, you kind of have to. There's not many of them. Well, our home base, you we like do the show, is Connecticut. <laughs> what? What'd you say, Mike? So, do you like Matt Harvey? Love Matt Harvey. I, I don't. Like I don't hate him. Ask Kendall. <laughs> he doesn't. I do. <laughs> 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 Kirby A's, um coming off another injury year, but the year before that was light outperformed what everybody ever thought for the Padres. I think he had like thirty something saves with like a one low one ERA. And then Tyler Chatwood just either a long reliever or a five starter. He's nothing special, but it's a good it's a good yeah. signing. Mm-hmm. Blue Jays are in the right direction. And then other than like Springer, <laughs> um, you know Yates and Chatwood it's just a one year deal each. Mm-hmm. Five point five for Yates, three million for Chatwood. I mean, it's, it's a, and they're it's not a, done yet. Yeah, it's a bargain. They're not done yet. The Blue Jays are not done yet. They're the one team in the, in the AL I would, I would be afraid of if I'm the Yankees. God, They're gonna re-sign Vlad Guerrero Senior. <laughs> Tear it up. He played there for like five games. <laughs> then you got Baltimore Orioles. Bench coach. <laughs> you got the Baltimore Orioles. Um, the only major offseason thing they did was trade Jose Iglesias to the Angels, and they let go of their three hundred and three twenty batting average leadoff hitter Hanser Alberto. Don't know they why. Still have Chris Davis though, right? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Yeah, that's the only thing that we really care about. He's going to bat 170. So wait, that, like, I don't understand the Alberto. Um, Del Rio? <laughs> Hancher Alberto releasing. <laughs> Granted, like he was very erratic with the bat because he swings at the first pitch almost very often as a leadoff hitter. Mm-hmm. But he had a 320 for you. Like The Orioles offense last year was not bad. No, I just think in general, there, there's more problems than there are answers at this point. This team... They just they they can't seem to figure out what they want to do, mm-hmm. and then they're, they're they're quick to like, okay, this didn't work. Let's start over again. Rather than build on their strengths, they're ready to just start over every single time. Um, and I get like they, they don't have the money to do it, but like it's not going to cost. Alberto, it's not going to cost you anything. No, he's also still out there. Um, then we we'll go to Tampa Bay, who for some reason just trading all their good players. They yeah. traded Blake's now. They're pulling, pulling Kyle, this is what they do. No, I know. I know. I know. Like They went to the World Series. They traded Blake's now to the San Diego, which they got a promising young catcher in Francisco Mejia, who's been traded twice already. So I don't know how good he's going to be. Because he never won the job in San Diego. 
They traded their they traded a very good lefty reliever to the Phillies, which we'll talk about later. Um, other than that, they haven't done anything. They got good prospects out of that um, Blake Snell deal, but you don't know they're prospects. You never know what you're going to get out of those guys. Yeah, I just fear that Tampa Bay worked themselves out of being a contender again. Uh, See, that's the thing. They'll find a way to be in it. Yeah, well, I, I guess what I'm saying... I, I don't think so now. Well, I mean, but I think a lot of times they, they do it in spurts. Mm-hmm. They're good, then they're bad for five. Good again... Well, they're not bad. They're like 500. Right. Yeah. But I just think, you know, hey, th- th- this was just a, a team that really worked. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, you can't retain everybody. I get it. You know, free agency is going to it's going to happen. They're going to resign Chris Archer, and he's going to go out and throw like an ace again. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. I, I think they were a little not not foolish is that the word. They were they were too they were too keen on starting over already. Right. I guess like okay, hey, we made it great, which is not always the the answer. But you're right. You know, the, they'll find a way to go look a little while. They'll be back again. <laughs> And then we'll go to the AL Central, where there's not a lot of go- uh, uh, a lot, of, not a lot going what? on. Shut up, dude. A lot of regret. There's a lot cheese of regret. out there. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few moves that happen, but only one team has really made the push to take the division. The Chicago White Sox signed closer Liam Hendricks. They they traded for Lance Lynn. That was probably one of the first moves that happened, mm-hmm. and they re-signed Adam Eaton. They're also not done. They're in the Trevor Bauer sweepstakes, and they're. Looking at other outfielders to plug in because Eloy Jimenez is just fucking terrible out there. <laughs> I'm pay- like last year they 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 made a big stride. This year they're already better than what they were last year. And when we talk about the other teams, you'll see why. You know, they're it's not even close. It's just, it's, that's really it. Yeah. Like the white like the White Sox are just a clear favorite to win the AL Central by like twenty five games. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty much written in stone. I'm gonna go to the Cleveland Indians. The only thing they have done this year was release and trade the rest players. Excuse me, they're gonna be the Cleveland baseball team. Sorry, not this year, next year. <laughs> I the, hope they do that. They traded Lindor and Carrasco for fucking garbage. No offense, Kendall. No, it was garbage. <laughs> I mean, it, they got fleeced. Like, they didn't time. even trade into the top prospects, and they and they waived their best. They waived their closer, Brad Hand, who just signed with the Nationals. Yep. Um, the Indians are doing absolutely nothing to stay and float. They're kind of just going, they realize they don't have money to pay people, so they're starting over. Even though Lindor said he wanted to stay in Cleveland his whole career. Yeah. They're like, fuck you. Yeah, I think that, that it's, it's kind of a bad look on your organization when you, when you do that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I get you have to rebuild, but, you know, you can't leave your, your franchise with nothing. Yeah. yeah. That's what they did. I mean, unless Ahmed Rosario turned into the player he was supposed to be. Maybe, but... But, you know, we saw him in New York, and he couldn't fucking feel the ground ball to save his life. Um, then we'll go to the Kansas City Royals. Well, they've signed Carlos Santana. And that's nope, it. Nobody's, nobody <laughs> thought he was going to go there. <laughs> yep, because we didn't get that. He is a walk machine and will bat 189. <laughs> that's how good Nick he Nick Johnson, is. baby. Yeah. Good name, by the way, Mike. Ten, yeah. ten points. And you know how many bases he's going to steal this year? Two. Two. I was gonna say too. That's good. <laughs> he is a walk machine. He could pick it at first, but like he's nothing special. I know that because he played in Philadelphia for you. <laughs> you were so excited too, oh, dude. I love the guy. He just sucks. Yeah. Then you go to the uh, Detroit Tigers, who signed Robbie Grossman. 
Rob is gross, man. <laughs> oh, man. I thought I was going to have to say it. <laughs> and they signed the worst left-handed pitcher in baseball, in my opinion, Derek Holland. You know, I didn't even see that happen. Yeah, it happened like the other day. And he is fucking garbage now. I tell you, you know what's my favorite thing about liking sports? What? Just really talking shit about people that are way better at it than we are. <laughs> oh, I know. That's the best. But, you know, the Tigers are going to be the Tigers. They might even be a second-place team in this division. Well, I mean, it, we know White Sox are going to be first. And then yeah. it's a battle for whoever's next. Like the Royals were better last year, but, you know, they're, be- they're, they're like franchise player from like 2002 just retired. <laughs> Alex Gordon, for those who don't know. He, he was never great, but he was just there he all was the still time. playing? Yeah. And then the twins signed Jay Hat. The twins signed Jay Hat. It's a good move for them. They're not going to get a lot of people to go there, and they need a, they need starting pitching, and he provides it. Do you know what that deal was? I do not. I mean, it couldn't have been that serious. I think it was like a, either a ten two, years. <laughs> it's a one to three year deal with like eight million dollars a year. Let's see if I can try to find it quickly, but striking out. They uh-huh. also signed utility man J.T. Riddle, which we saw hit a home run in Miami in uh, Pittsburgh. Did we? Yeah, we played for the uh, uh, Marlins. I don't remember that. That's funny. We saw Rendon hit a really far home run. In Why don't you go fuck yourself? All right. He he did, Kyle. That was that was like four hundred and. But it wasn't as far. as Dan Aguilar hit his. Ask Kendall. Yeah, that was amazing. And we also saw Cliff Lee hit a home run. Also, really cool. <laughs> Ten pitcher you know, we saw we saw a couple of crazy plays in that game in, in Philly. Yeah, Vince Velasquez in his moment still like top ten. Yeah, that was cool. That's all he's ever done. Yeah, I was gonna say because he's pretty bad. Dude, the Phillies are trying so hard to trade him. <laughs> That's gotta suck as the player. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I'm worthless at this franchise. Um, the Angels who actually made a lot of moves under the radar moves. Yeah, who are still going to finish in fourth. Yeah, probably. Actually, I don't know. We'll talk about it in a minute. They're going to waste the greatest player we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. They got two bullpen pieces in Alex Claudio and Rossiel Iglesias, who's not going to be their closer. They signed a catcher, Kurt Suzuki. He sucks. <laughs> um, They brought in Jose Iglesias, as we mentioned before, and their biggest offseason signing was signing Jose Quintana. They got They got, they pretty much addressed every need. Not for, like not like not the greatest players, but they addressed every need. Yeah, and the Angels need a lot more pitching. They're they're also in Trevor Bauer, but I don't know how they have money. Right, and the thing too, it's like you know, hey, you sign Bauer, great, but it's, it's what that that nets you ten more wins, maybe. Well, that's all it needs in the AL West. Maybe, but I thought the Angels did a very good job so far. And they got a defensive shortstop. They pretty much just traded Simmons for Iglesias. Um, Claudio's a good left-handed reliever. Um, Iglesias have been up and down with the Reds. And Quintana, uh, uh, Rossiel. And Jose Quintana has been a solid left-handed starter in this league. The big game where he gets lit up. Uh, happens <laughs> to everybody. The Mariners, you guys aren't going to know any of these names. Except you. You'll know one. All right. Um, they signed Kenyon Middleton. He was a closer for the Angels. That's a very good signing. He's a low-risk, high-reward move. Rafael Montero, they traded for from the Rangers in, in division trade. He's a solid reliever. And they claimed Walker Lockett off of ra- uh, waivers. 
That's the name you should know. Yeah, actually, well, I knew uh, Rafael Montero. Oh, do you? Yeah. But you don't know Kenny Middleton? I don't think I know that name. Just a better version of uh, Ross, uh, Hansel Robles. <laughs> Good name. He signed somewhere, too. I didn't put him on here, though. He doesn't deserve to be mentioned. <laughs> Mark, what are you going to hey, say? Hey, Kyle. Yeah? Do you think if you played one full MLB season, you'd be able to get four hits? No. I think I'd get four. I think I could get four. Ooh. Massey, I've seen you play wiffle ball. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably be Sorry. hit by four pitches. <laughs> <laughs> Just really lean into them. Oh, yeah. Is bunting allowed and count as a hit? Yeah, it counts as a hit, but out. you're not fast yeah, enough. But... <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> Massey, you think you're going to outrun the bunt? <laughs> I don't know. I can have some real good spin on that ball. <laughs> I could bunt it toward the they're gonna play, third and just They're going to play it. the grass shift on you. <laughs> the center fielder comes in and plays in front of the pitcher. <laughs> he lays down. <laughs> <laughs> then you got the Houston Astros. Um, they signed catcher Jason Castro, yep. who's been around the league forever. They re-signed Michael Brantley, who should have went to the Blue Jays. They signed two relievers, Pedro Baez and Ryan Stanek. Stanek had a very good run in the postseason for the Marlins, and Pedro Baez has been solid for the Dodgers. So, pretty solid moves. They're, they're going to be a second, third place team. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't really lose out that much. I mean, you know, you can't retain a team like that forever. No, and like George Springer is being replaced with their top prospect, Kyle Tucker. Yeah, I think we'd be having a different conversation if Brantley did leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he had a change of heart, I guess. And, and he was like, fuck it. Yeah. I'd rather be hated than loved. He probably had a bunch of like stuff in his basement that he didn't want to move. <laughs> <laughs> Moving really sucks. Yeah. I'll just sign for two years. Thirty-two million though. Um, then we got the Oakland Athletics who just let go of everybody. <laughs> they're, just, they're, they're like, uh, uh, I was like, they're really Billy beating it. Say so like they're, they're the Rays. Like, okay, hey, we did good. Let's start over. I'm yeah. bored of this. But they didn't sign anybody. They haven't re-signed anybody. All their free agents are kind of still there. There's a chance for them to bring them back, but they just won't because they're the athletics. And yeah. they'll find guys to fill in and play out of their yep. mind. Guys bagging groceries, you know. Like Billy Butler, who was at the end of his career and just hit like eight home runs in the postseason. <laughs> That's not true. I don't know why I said that. Well, it's true enough. They had Adam Dunn, too. He didn't do that. I think he pitched a couple games with them, though. He did. Uh, the Texas Rangers. Um. They acquired Nate Lowe from the Rays. They acquired David Dahl to a minor league deal. I don't know why he's going to start for them. <laughs> he was released from the Rockies. The year before the, before the COVID year, that he, he was batting like above 300. The COVID year, he batted like one something, but a lot of people had a down year. Christian Yelich had a bad year this year. Mm-hmm. So like it was just an odd year for everybody. And he also signed the Japanese pitcher, uh, Kohi Arihana. I know nothing about him. Do more research. Was that the big sweepstakes no. to sign him? Or no, I think it's somebody else. I don't know, it like no, the other guy's not coming. Yeah. No. That was yeah, the big no. guy? Yeah. They all suck. They all get to the MLB and just fucking shit the bed. No, 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 that's not true. They each get two good years. Yeah. True. Dice K lasted like three suck. years. What about Suzuki? Who? Ichiro. Ichiro's the exception. Right. right. He's yeah. the GOAT. Who did... And he's from Cleveland. Oh, anyway. Dyscape played for the Mets. <laughs> right? Dyscape played for the Mets. At the end, yeah. He was... Uh, at the end, he was a Red Sox. I, I, I think of the other team. I was like, he played for the Phillies. 
the Mets ended up having him, and they had remember. Um, oh my God, I can't. There was two guys, the two like you know. Kaz. No, not that Kaz. That's did not, they get a? There the were, other Red Sox guy, Yuhara or something. No, wasn't the Yankee guy Kagawa? Oh, they had Kagawa. He was pretty bad. Fucking atrocious. He yeah. was very funny to watch. He was that was bad a clip. Right out of the Remember, like Yankee fans, like wanted him dead after year one. <laughs> he was so bad. Um, then we go to the NL. We'll start off with the Phillies. They acquired Jose Alvarado from the Tampa Bay Rays. For people who don't know who this is, the year before last year, he had like a two point some like two point three ERA, but he was considered one of the nastiest left-handed relievers in baseball. They got him for nothing. Shit. They acquired Sam Connard from the Giants. He is known to not kneel for the flag. He's very what? like he like he, he like players wanted him to kneel for the flag. He wouldn't do it. So the Giants hated him. And they acquired Archie Bradley. So the Phillies have gotten three relievers that are already way better than what they had last year. Well, I mean that was the, the biggest need. Yeah. I mean they, they they would forego fixing stairs to get more. <laughs> Like they're 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 all they're still not done. I do think they bring back JT, and I do think they uh, bring in a shortstop of either Gregorius or Simmons or Se- uh, Simeon, whatever one of those three want to f- come in. Mm-hmm. But do not, they're not done. Um, they're they're also in talks of Lance McCullers and the uh, Astros, which I would love personally. But the Phillies are far from done. People are saying they're not going to spend money, but Dave Dombrowski is known for spending a lot of money, so it. Kind of, it doesn't work that way. Phillies are going to spend a lot of money off yeah. offseason. Well, I think we'd agree too that the Phillies, you know, with the moves they made, they they will be a better team than last year. Because like the Phillies' offense last year was fine. They were up like eight to three, like nine, like at least ten times last year, going into the eighth inning, and lose nine to eight. Yeah, the bullpen cost them a lot of games. And I'm glad that fuck Brandon Workman's gone. <laughs> then we got the New York Mets. Who have acquired Carlos Carrasco, Francisco Lindor for a bag of peanuts? They <laughs> not even Cracker Jacks, just peanuts. Uh, Marcus Stroman accepted his qualifying offer, and for somehow they traded. They got they were part of the three team trade with the Padres and got their uh, lefty starter Joey uh, Luchesi. Logano. yeah, Luchesi. Um, the Mets are better. But they're, they're not, not done. But they're also a team that's not done. They're very much in Trevor Bauer sweepstakes. Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant, who yep. said he doesn't love baseball anymore. But the Mets are also one of those teams where people go to them and they get worse. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. Um, Dominic Smith had a good year. But if they decide not to do the DH, what are they going to do? He's a liability in right field. They're not going to split time with Pete Alonso. No offense, my my personal take on it, I think he's overrated. Pete Alonso. Well, I mean, this is the thing. It's like, does he does he have the bounce back? If if baseball ends up, you know, kind of returning to a somewhat normal, let's say, let's say they play the 162. Even if they, they play a, in May. Right? Yeah, right. Even even if it follows a more traditional mm-hmm. path, if Pete Alonso has another down year, then I think you know, well, hey, you know, this may not be our guy. Like I know he can hit home runs. But he also strikes out way too much. 
Like he's the right-handed version of Ryan Howard. I, I, I'm not ready to be like you know because I, I have to lean on the fact that the 2020 baseball season was so different. yeah that like that's fair like it's just my personal take like rookie year nobody really knew who, who he was so they didn't really know how to pitch him and they kind of figured him out that like you can't hit the slider going away so we're just gonna that's how pitchers think and that's why I think analytics in baseball sucks I think analytics for baseball is the worst because. You, you don't throw your best pitcher. So they're like, oh, lefty-lefty matchup. Like the famous um, couple of years ago, Bryce Harper versus Derek Holland in Chicago. Mm-hmm. They, they put in Derek Holland to face Bryce Harper, and he took him for a grand slam. Yep. You, you throw your best reliever against them. You don't throw a lefty that's pretty much on a downswing of his career. That's just my personal take. I don't think analytics should be involved in baseball. That, that that kind of thing has been happening forever, though, Kyle. Where they play the matchup. No, I get it, uh, but like I mean, nowadays, it's different because you, the the three player rule, like the three. Yeah, it's different now with that. Yeah. But like that's just my personal take. Like you throw your best against their best, no matter like what it is. But to just to wrap up the Mets real quick, you know, with 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 new like ownership, there's a lot of excitement. But you fired your GM already. You know the, the thing is, this is this is not the first time this happens. This, this this happens time and time again. You sign a player that hey, this is going to be the guy to fix it, and it is yet to come true. So, I I'm excited, but I'm forever skeptical. But don't get me wrong. I think Francisco Francisco Lindor plays out of his mind because he always does. You got Stroman who's been down. You got Carrasco who's a big hit or miss. Degrom's going to be Degrom. That that's how it is. Syndergaard, I don't think he's going to be ready for the opening season. Probably not. And um, then you got um, whoever you put in. Mats is. Mats, you know, this is it's kind of the same thing with um, Al- uh, Alonzo there. It's like, you know, Mats, this is, this is it. Figure it out or you're done. Like the Phillies hit him for what? No outs and like nine runs? Yeah, Mats had a, I mean, had a real bad year. It, it's, it's troubling because, you know, he had a real good start to his career and it's just, it's been kind of a big down. He lost slide. velocity. But. Then you got the Atlanta Braves who signed Charlie Martin, who we all have seen produce very well through the last few years. They re-signed Pablo Sandoval, which I didn't know they had. <laughs> they brought him back in a minor league deal. They claimed Victor Arano from the Phillies, who hasn't been healthy in two years, and Drew Smiley, who is Drew Smiley. Great guy, but uh... <laughs> but the Charlie Martin signing pushes him pushes him over a little bit. Um, One thing is too like. Atlanta, they, they just they always have the pieces to, to mm-hmm. put it together, and you, I, I'm a big proponent of it. I, I count them out all the time, and they prove me wrong year in year out. They have that one guy, Freddie Freeman. They, they're also in on Romuto. They are, but they, there's never been an offer. Like you guys, like I know you guys have been saying that there's been an offer, but there has not been an offer. I, I don't know. I, I like uh, Paul and Mock were telling me that, that they offered him something, but that it wouldn't make any sense because the two best prospects in the Brave systems are catchers, and they have Travis Darnell who performed out of his mind for them. You know where he did do that though? Mets. The Mets. And that's only of note because I said it. <laughs> um, the Marlins they brought in Anthony Bass and Ross Detwiller. The Nationals. Um, the Nationals actually did a lot. Um, they brought in Kyle Schwarber, mm-hmm. who pretty much they're Matt Adams now. 
<laughs> they brought in John Lester, who who's going to be their four or five. Yep. On a, on a, on a bargain, one yeah. year, five mil. Yeah. Brad Hand, who good, you know, it's a good signing. Mm-hmm. They brought in Josh Bell. When when so since that home run derby, he has not been the same player. No, I agree. I I think as far as Pittsburgh goes, I don't. Know, I just feel like as a, as a fan slash management, there hasn't been a lot to be excited about in Pittsburgh. You know, since the days of um, McCutcheon, and... McCutcheon, and all that, and now it's like this was the guy to kind of be that, and you just you, know... you bet like one forty after the home run derby, and like didn't do any better after that. Maybe a change of scenery does good. Um, they brought in Ryan Zimmerman, but who's going to only be a bench bat for them? So it'll be interesting to see how like the franchise player of all time produces off the bench. And on a minor league deal, they brought in Wellington Castillo. That's why I, th- I thought Zimmerman actually uh, retired. Did not? No. Uh, fuck Ryan Zimmerman, by the way. <laughs> on a quick side note. Um. Then you got the NL Central. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nobody had done anything. Nope. It's been pretty. I mean, it's. They're all trying to lose. Yeah, like the the the, the biggest thing the NL Central is doing is get rid of Trevor Bauer. That's, that's the, <laughs> like, the exciting thing. The Pirates have traded their best three players, but they offered Wilmer Defoe a contract. That was cool. Yep. We offered Yachty and Wainwright. Deals that were less than we offered them less last year, so we don't want to keep either of them. <laughs> um, the Cubs signed Shelby Miller, and he's been fucking terrible. <laughs> like he had that one really good year. I forgot with who. Um, um, Shelby Miller. Yeah, you know it's funny. It's been so long that I can't even tell you. He, he signed that contract good. with with Arizona, and then ever since then he's been shit. Shelby Miller, let's see. I want to say the Cardinals. I think he was a Cardinal. I mean, I, the, Cardinals from 12 to 14, Braves in 15, and Diamondbacks 16 to 18. Yeah, it had, been the, had it been the Cardinals. It was the Cardinals. Um, the, Cub, like, the Cubs are like just getting rid of players. Yep. The Cardinals haven't done a damn thing. Nope. The Brewers have signed Luis Perdermo, but he sucks. <laughs> he, was a, he was a Padres starter. But the the Brewers do that. They don't. They don't have any money. Like they don't sign any big name guys. Yeah. But they trade for Christian Yelich. And the Reds are just losing all their good players. You know, we were super stoked on the Reds. I can't remember if it was last year. It was last year. Last year, and it seemed like everything was going to go their way, and it just they started bad. They got really hot, and then they yeah. got bad again. You know, it, maybe if it was a regular season, it would have been different. But it's just like they had the starting pitching. They had the Cy Young, Trevor Bauer. They have Luis Castillo. You never could figure it out. Yeah, it just, it just it's over. That the team is done. Yeah, like they, they had they released everybody or traded everybody. Yeah. And real quick too, it's it's funny we we, we nope, talk. Nope, moving on. <laughs> what is it? Just quick about the Cubs. Like years back, that was that was the flavor of the moment. The Cubs, they were doing everything right. They finally found it, and just how quickly you know that, that it all changed. It, 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 it falls apart. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now look at them. They're, they're, they're all those key pieces. But here's that the were thing: they can team. still fight for the division. Like, granted, I think the Brewers and the Cardinals are probably the front runners because of like their talent wise, mm-hmm. but the Pirates are going to be a forty-win team. Um, the <laughs> yeah, the probably number. not even forty. <laughs> they might be the worst team to ever play the game, <laughs> except that one Tigers year that that happened. Yeah. 
the um the Cubs are going to be, I think they're going to be below five hundred. They're trying to trade Chris Bryant and whoever. They already traded you Darvish. They got rid of John Lester. So Kyle Hendricks is your start number one. And they have Zach Dave. They have two guys to throw 88 tops. In a, in a baseball world where you need to throw 95 to 99 to fucking be ex- successful. Yeah. Um, I know Central is going to be wide open besides the Pirates. Because the Cardinals and Brewers didn't do anything to fucking... Um, Separate themselves. Right. <laughs> but then you got the NL West. Padres did a whole lot. Blake Snell, Hugh Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Jerks and Profar, and Victor Caterini. The reason why the Victor Caterini thing is so important because he was Hugh Darvish's catcher in Chicago. They really bolstered that off that rotation. Yeah, and that that was a, a a big aspect that not not a take like what what was keeping them back last year, but kind of kind of was because I think that the the offensive talent was the big splash. Now there's of, no excuse, right? Exactly. They they now they, they they had the pieces that were missing, and I actually I, I like the Jerkson Profar signing. It's because it, is, is he an impact guy? No, but he's a guy that he's a bench player. He's a guy that comes off the bench and he, you know he'll get on base. He can play every position. The Padres, one of those teams that if it's it's boomer butt, if they suck, it is unacceptable because you're facing the best team in the NL West, which is the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, they they bolstered their bullpen. That's all they've done so far. They got Corey uh, Neville from the Brewers, who was their closer for a few years, and they re-signed Blake Trinan. Dodgers aren't really trying to do much. They don't need to do much. Yeah, right. They, they just have to maintain. They've got to figure out the bullpen a little bit more. They already have a top five rotation. The offense will be there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a team favored to, you know, be in the World Series mm-hmm. every year. And, you know, when it's time to pay Cody Bellinger, I don't think they will. But we'll see what happens. Diamondbacks, all they did was sign Chris Stavinsky. <laughs> and farted in a paper bag. It's hard to play for the Diamondbacks because they take away your best pitches. Like they take, like they took away Zach Greinke's changeup. That's his best pitch. Why take that away from him? Because your philosophy doesn't fit it. Like Madison Bumgarner, like they they took away his best pitch, the splitter. They they don't believe in it. They're not ninety nine thrower guys. They beat you with off speed. Yeah, and, and these guys aren't twenty three years old. That's yeah, like, like <laughs> why? Like what? What I don't understand is I don't know if you guys under, agree with me or not. But I didn't understand the Madison Bumgarner signing because they got rid of Zach Rinky, but you brought in Bumgarner the year after. Yeah, it's it's a it's a lateral move. It doesn't like you 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 didn't do anything that you didn't already have. It, it's like like you're you're pretty much going through a full rebuild in like the next year or two because they're talking about trading David Peralta. You already traded Paul Goldschmidt, so it's kind of like you're kind of already going through that rebuild phase. But why bring in these veteran pitchers? Yeah, I, I don't understand. I, they don't. They don't have a good philosophy for for winning baseball. They have games. one good pitcher in Zach Gallen, who they got from the Marlins for nothing. But like, it's just like, I don't know. They're a weird team to figure out. Like they traded for Sarang Marte. They got rid of him in the same year. Yeah, it was a waste. It was, I mean, I I don't know. Then you got the uh, San Francisco Giants, who brought in two starters in Alex Wood and Anthony Desfellini uh, from the Reds. You brought in backup catcher Kurt Caselli, 
Because but suppose he's going to be kind of a first baseman type catcher guy that now it'll become um my god the guy from the twins there like Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer situation like Brandon Belt will move to the outfield and he'll move the first um they also brought in the Cardinals reliever John Breba the Giants are who they are they're a mid of the road team they're not gonna be much more than that um they could potentially make a wild card if, if some of those players get hot the Giants are a team on the verge of a rebuild um, yeah they're, they're sticking on to those old players and you know, it only works so long. I mean, I, I thought that it was going to stop working three years ago, but yet they're, they're kind of hanging around still. Like, so. like last year, they made like a late push. No, no, the year before, they made a late push. Mm-hmm. They're holding on. Yeah. But that, that's going to come to a close. Like Brandon Crawford's got to be traded or something like – he's just a defensive catcher at this point. Uh, defensive shortstop, I'm sorry. And Rockies like play a little catcher. <laughs> and the Rockies haven't done a damn thing. And they won't. They don't, they, they're one of those teams that hurt the most from COVID. So, that's so far your 2021 offseason. You know, it's it's been exciting, but I think we talked about this a couple times. I think the Trevor Bauer is kind of like the waiting thing. Once that happens, I think... The dominoes fall. Right, exactly. It'll, it'll be within a week. All, all those big things will kind of... But, like, it's, it's it's slowly starting to move. Yeah. Like, like you look at every day. Somebody's signing. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, I don't know where the conversations are at with the the Bauer the Bauer thing. I mean, could be like in in two weeks' time. It could be tomorrow. I I think I think we're kind of on the cusp of, of something happening. You got like twenty days before pitchers and catchers. There's not no, even. Is it not even? Isn't it usually like the first week of February? I think it's the second week. What was it that we're asking? Pitchers and catchers reporting. I don't know what it is. Even still, a lot of people want to sign before that. Yeah, I don't know who's... Why would February you want to 15th. February 15th. And I think you'll see a lot of moves happen before that date. Yeah. And I think the Chris Bryant thing is still intriguing. You know, I, I think he, he could still play good ball. Um, you just need to get the fuck out of Chicago. Like, 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 they're in, like, Chris Bryant was an MVP player for, what, three or four years, mm-hmm. and then completely fell off. But it's not because he's a bad player. I just think he's, like, certain players need a change of scenery. Right. And I think, you know, him not playing well also was with the Cubs just not playing well. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, not, it's not one to blame like, the you other. Could, like, people pitch people differently. Like, you think you have to make that perfect swing if the rest of your team's not hitting. Or, like, when you're a pitcher, like, I'm just going to use this as an example. Aaron Nola. Like he felt like he had to make the perfect pitch because he. We could... saw it with Verlander. All right, there you go. Ver, I mean, we we've said it on the show. Verlander in Detroit, towards the end, was looking like you know he's all done, and then he goes to Houston where there was a team around him, and he didn't have to be the, you know, perfect pitch guy. He could just go out and throw, and he resurged. That's a good example. Thank you, Mark. No problem, pal. That's what he's here for. <laughs> no, like he's like he's exactly right. Like you're like your ace. If he, if he feels like he has to go out and make that perfect pitch all the time, and has and feel like he has to go eight innings every game, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, you're right. Baseball's one of those things. Like you need. It's too mental. Yeah. Like you got to believe. Like you're gonna go in and you throw six innings. You believe the rest of your team's got your back. 
like the Phillies would have made the, would have been a playoff team without that fucking bullpen. Yeah, like they would have won the division probably without that bullpen. That's how many games they blew, and like, they released all of them except one or two because they have like they didn't release Hector Neris because like he's shown signs of being good. He's had a bad year. Yeah, I mean they, they made all the right you know decisions you know going this offseason. Like like they they, they brought in. A very effective lefty. They brought in Archie Bradley, who's had huge success in this league. And, you know, as a Mets fan, I hope it doesn't work, but I think... It's going to work. <laughs> it can't be much worse. <laughs> this is true. That bullpen could have a four-year array, and I'll be fucking happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. Um, I'd just be happy if I can get a ninth-inning save without fucking a double, a triple, and <laughs> up three runs, double, triple, and a single, and then figure out, figure out a way to get through it. Yeah. Um, Anybody have any questions about the offseason? When do no, you think was, a lot more moves, a lot of these free agents still haven't signed? We're waiting for a lot of the big names to drop. When do you think those dominoes start falling? Uh, it will definitely happen before February 15th. And I say yeah. that because we've seen multiple years in a row where people have waited till after, like, till like March to sign. And they start off super slow. Yeah, it doesn't work. And I and I also think you see a lot of one year contracts. Um, one year contracts, so those players could go back into free agency and get the money that they want, and another like, and just like to kind of figure it out. I know the Phillies are looking at a one year shortstop to fill that role until because there was no minors last year, so you didn't get to see those like those players develop a little bit more than you wanted to. They saw the same players over and over again, so it doesn't mean anything. Like, right. like the Phillies have been waiting for Bryson Stott, the guy they drafted the year before, to really yeah. in a normal, see what he has. In a normal season, there's more interchange of players up and down. Mm-hmm. It's just, and that's what why baseball is so su- successful that way because, you know, a guy who is in, you know, the minors comes up and he's playing good. He, you know, he makes – he makes the you know the forty man in, in August. In- the one good thing about the COVID year, the one good thing that I really saw, like watching, not only the Phillies but different teams, is that they were forced to bring up kids that weren't that you didn't think that were ready yet. Like I've seen time and time again where the Philadelphia Phillies never brought up their prospects until like two or three years, but this year they were forced to bring up Alec Baum, and he absolutely produced. Like he he, he didn't hit for the power that he that they thought he would have read out of the gate. But he batted 300. Yeah. He hit the ball to all fields. Like He showed that he can be a third baseman in this league. You know, and this may become a philosophy now. Maybe maybe teams will be like, you know, hey, let's, Team, get him, let's get him up here. Let's see what they can do. I think you're going to see a lot more teams take college players over high school players. Mm-hmm. Because the college players are more ready. More like Then the high school players who are 18 have to take, wait four or five years in order to make it. Right. This is how I think about it. Because I think the college players are better off in the first round. And you put the high school players aside a little bit until the later on, because then you can wait on them. And you don't care. Yeah, your first round pick, you want to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. All right, shall we? Uh, shall we go do a quick break before we finish up the third hour? Yeah, definitely. We'll see you guys on the other side. And now, back to getting sports with drunk on the PPRN Radio Network. Welcome back to Getting Sports with Drunk on the PPRN Radio Network. I am your hostess for tonight, the Mass Chris Massey, and I'm joined by... Crab Cakes. All of them. Do you Perfect. like crab cakes, Kyle? Never do. 
I actually yep. like crab cakes. They're pretty good. Like Mock, do you like crab cakes? Uh, no, thank you. Now, why? You like lobsters. Because they're not good. I mean, it's different. Mock, is there seafood that you do like? He likes lobster I, rolls. I enjoy a lot of seafood. Do you? Yeah. Crab yeah. cakes are just terrible. He likes lobster roll. Oh, big fan of lobster. Okay. Uh, white fish, shrimp, scallops. I, mean, I don't okay. like fish. Do you like sushi? No, sushi's okay. gross. Well, shame on you. I mean, with you, brother. <laughs> yeah, I like sushi, but I do like crab cakes. Sushi's fucking delicious. Yuck. Mass, you, you're done. You can hear that with Jeff Martin. I almost said Jeff Mass. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Mass. They're pretty much the same guy. Hey. It's a match made in heaven. All right. So this segment kind of thing was kind of brought to me by Mass from, from throughout the week. And, Mark, I would like for you to partake in this, please. And this is kind of a Q&A type segment. So th- this right here is kind of like... sigh for? Because that was the, the dumbest pick six in all of Madden. Oh. <laughs> so this is not, not only for us in this show, but it's for any other sports people who are maybe be NBA basketball novices. And so we have the opportunity to kind of... I will answer to my best ability. Right. If you guys have any questions about a team or a player or, how, or whatever... I think we're, we're going to try to keep it somewhat generic. Yeah. And we're not going to do like anything like, you know, what are your feelings on the wood they use on the floor? It's, it's not that, that question. No, speaking of that, though, Kyle, what is your feeling <laughs> on the floor? I think they should use maple, oh, not maple. mahogany. Do they use mahogany now? They're, they're not using mahogany. <laughs> I, I want to see what he said. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Kyle, um, explain the concept of the sixth man to me. Right. I asked you that as we walked in the door. I know. All right, you've so had three hours basically to... <laughs> your best player off the bench. So, for an example, Lou Williams or Jamal Crawford, the guys who have won the awards many times throughout their career, have been the have been the spark plug guy. They came off the bench and scored. I don't really care about their defense. I want them to spark the offense. Um, they come off the like. I think what you're like, I don't, you never really hear of the six man guy being like, "Hey, we need some defensive presence. Get yeah, the like, get the guy off the like, bench." Like, it's the guy that you bring in when your team is struggling and to spark the team up. They'll drink, they'll, they'll hit a shot or two, and then the rest, like hitting a shot is contagious. Yeah, like you hit one, you'll hit many. It's like a plug and play type. Yeah. Guy. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. Like today, both those guys are kind of. I mean, Lou Williams is still kind of like a uh, relevant, um, but like, like a Fred Van Vliet from last year. Okay, he came in, made plays. He scored when needed to. And it's a guy too that he doesn't necessarily have to fill all positions on the floor. He's a guy who could still stay true to like you know, hey, if he's, a, he's a small forward, you know, he he'd still kind of play in his in his, his like, lane. Yeah, he didn't have to play out of his comfort zone. I, I think that I think the six man is very important. It's just a guy like it's also a, a really big mindset. So like guy like you've seen time and time again of a team starting a guy for ten minutes, and then they'll bring in the other guy. It's just because they're better off the bench. Macho's Hill I think plays more than Marcus Saul, but just how they play differently. Macho's Hill is a big energetic guy, and that's what you want out of your six man. You want a big energetic guy. To come off your bench instead of a savvy vet who's good at you know 
the X's and O's. This is my opinion. What an explosive day. <laughs> but my, I guess the confusion that I've always had is why is that guy not starting? But I think you've explained that pretty succinctly. Um, Kendall? Well, I think the sixth man, it's not necessarily being like, he's not good enough to start. I think it's just, you know, he's the he's the odd man out. There's just this, there's, he, he's good enough, but there's just not six guys on the floor at once. Or it also might, uh, it also might depend on position. Like, the Clippers have Patrick Beverly and Paul George. You're not going to put Lou Williams with it. So you need scoring off your off out of your bench too. Like you can't have you can't run your uh, your bench offense with Patrick Beverly because he's not a scoring guard. He's a back. He's a, he's a defensive guard. Yeah. If you have if you have a bunch of players that are just defensively or like not focused on offense first, then it's going to be tough for your second unit to score. Mm-hmm. And he could create separation, and shoot, and do all the things. Okay. I guess that makes sense. So I don't have a um, like a fundamental NBA question. You don't have to. So this one is, is more more opinion based uh, for you. F- fact to fact to opinion. Um, who do you think has the most depth on the roster in the twenty twenty one NBA most season? Depth. Most depth. So peeling behind the your starting five, who's a team that can s- survive injury and, and still? In injury or just have players come off the bench and still be successful. I hate to through. say it, but probably the Lakers. They went out and they signed Dennis Schroeder. They traded for Dennis Schroeder. They signed Marcus Saul. They got Kyle Kuzma. They got Taylor Horton Tucker. They can inter- they can interchange with him and Catavius uh, Caldwell Pope, who I think is trash in the league, but he's not like he's whatever. But people, he starts for him, but he could probably be a good eighth and ninth man. I think the Lakers are the best depth. Because um, Dennis Schroeder can definitely be... like He's starting for them now. But he's one of those guys that's a better bench player. And I think when it comes to the uh, traded line, they'll, they'll, they'll draft or they'll trade for a better point guard. And not, not a better point guard, but a point guard that's a very that's a valuable starter and he could come out of his role. I know he, sh- I know he said he wanted to come out and start... He's one of the players that like that can score off the bench. You don't need him to start. I don't know. I think the Lakers have like the most depth from one to nine. Okay, Mark, are you outside right now? No, no, no. He's heavy breathing. He's I... jerking it in the chair. <laughs> no, I think the uh, the the heat just kicked on. Do you have a question, Mark, or no? Uh, not at the moment. Can you think of one? I'll I'll come up with something. All right, so Kyle, mm-hmm. a lot of superstars in today's league. It's really hard to determine the pecking order for who falls on top and where. Obviously, everybody knows the name LeBron James. Who? It's LeBron James and Friends. <laughs> it's a kid uh, show. <laughs> everybody knows the name Steph Curry. You know, it's a star-studded league out there. How do you determine the pecking order on... Who's better? Because they all do different things. I mean, they're all well-rounded, but each excels in a different area. I mean, I guess like you would put it in the category of if, if you think like think of it as football. Like think of a like a like a running back that can cut, who has speed, who has power, 
stuff like that. You think of an NBA player that has the, the ability to shoot, the ability to defend, the ability to rebound, and all those other big aspects of the game. That's why so many people have LeBron at one. Because until this day, he can still... He's not the greatest of shooters, but he can shoot. You have to respect it. He's a very good defender. He's a very good playmaker. He's a good defender. He's also going to give you 110% every what did he? What did he make his name with when he was coming into the league out of high school? What was everybody on fire about him for? His offense or his defense? Offense. Okay. When he came, in, when he came, in, when he came out of high school, he was very well known for his like high... Like, like in dunking and being able to score at will. He kind of transitioned to that into the NBA when he first started. But obviously we know to this day he became the greatest player to ever play. Or one of the greatest players to ever play. So, like, when it comes to all-around talent, I think LeBron is there. But I wouldn't put him as number one if that makes sense. Who would you put as number one? I think Giannis is number one right now. Okay. Because Giannis is good offensively, rebounding, blocking, defensively. He can't shoot from the free throw line, though. Everybody <laughs> has a knock. Neither can LeBron, though. LeBron's not yeah. a good free throw shooter. He's better than Giannis. <laughs> so I think you're sort of saying you kind of have to respect LeBron's age as well, knowing that he's kind of on the, the, the tail end mm-hmm. of his career. Not not done by any stretch of the imagination, but he's, he's older. Like, like it, eventually, the, like the mileage on his legs will give up. Just a matter of one. He's, he's basically the Tom Brady of the NBA. Yeah. I don't like that you said that. <laughs> well, the truth. Yeah. I know. Plays I'm in the finals saying. every year for whatever team, <laughs> win or lose. Um, so this is kind of just a, another opinion-based question, and we, we've kind of discussed this in depth throughout the time of us being a radio show. The, the NBA All-Star game as a, as a whole – would you would you like to see it? Let me put it like give me kind of like an A B option. Would you like to see it just eliminated, or would you like to see like a, a cap? So like hey, you can make the NBA All Star Game five times, and then that's that's it. You have to take to, a break after to, that. To deserve it or not? Because it seems like year in and year out, you see the same program over and over again. I don't know. This year's was a lot of fun though. Well, I think a lot of people tried because they wanted to win the first Kobe Bryant trophy. Well, that, um, was that this year's? Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't think it was, it was the Kobe Bryant show. I think it was the fact that they can donate money to the charities. That too. And whatever they did this year, if it they do it, if they keep doing the way they do it this year, like they did it in the past year, I don't want them to change it at all. That was the best basketball I've ever seen. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to watch, dude. In the last quarter, you saw the best defense out of all ten of those guys that they've ever played mm-hmm. in their entire lives. You saw how good they can play defense. It's I, I think it does play into like Massey said with the the Kobe Bryant thing this year. No, I, I I could see that too, but it's like you know I I think they put out the best up because his name was attached to it, so it wasn't just a oh this is an all star. It, it was you know they they did it. Not I'm not gonna say they did it for him, but you know Kobe's name was on this year's All Star game. So real quick, if we could like make it more a succinct question. What would be your ideal NBA All Star weekend? Uh, you got to put the same guys in there because if you're thinking of All Stars, you're thinking of LeBron, you're thinking of KD, you're thinking of Giannis, you're thinking of Luka Doncic. Like those are like those are gonna be All Stars. Like no matter how you think about it, it's like the MLB All Star game. 
Mike Trout's going to be in it every single year because he is the best player in baseball. And and that's how I see it in the NBA. Like, the best players deserve to be in it no matter how many times. Okay. Well, which is fair. I agree. But but I feel like there's times that players do get do snubbed. I, th- I, I think that I kind of like – I know a lot of people don't, but I do like how they do it in baseball. How one representative has to be acknowledged from every team. I think they should do that in the NBA. That's kind of hard to do for NBA, though, isn't it? Like, I think you could have a 15-man roster. They don't have to play in it, but just have a representative of each and every team. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just my view. Like, the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? Cat's going to be in it because Cat's an offensive scoring machine. But, like, the... Let's go with, right now, the Houston Rockets, right? Who the fuck are you putting in there? Christian Wood. He's playing at an also level. He's averaging 20 in time. But he won't get in there because of his name. Right, because I've never fucking heard of him. And that's the name you should start so, reading about. So I guess that's that's sort of my stance on it. Like you're saying, he's a guy who who's not known because of the Kevin Durant, because of the Kyrie Irving, because of LeBron James of the world. And let's say he, he holds up this production and he won't make it. And it's it seems unfair. I should also I also think the fans shouldn't be able to vote for any All Star games. Correct, because Yao Ming got in it when he that year that he didn't really play at all. Mm-hmm. He made the All Star game. Fuck fans. Well, I think he was endorsing McDonald's at the time. <laughs> that probably played into it. The McChicken sales were down, so I could go for a McChicken right now. <laughs> Well, like, you know, we're signing you up. Bring Kyle home. We're signing off the air. We're going to McDonald's. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, like most most teams have a 15 man roster. It's just well, like 13 are allowed to be active. Right. The only the only thing, Kyle, to, and I do like the you know every team's represented. I do hate when there's just the token that doesn't like deserve to be there, but is there to be the token. Like, I understand that. I know a lot of people you know, hate that. That that part's it because it takes away from a guy that probably should have gotten in. You're right because you know it's. But like, I, I don't know. Since like the MLB introduced it, I really liked it because it shows everybody. It didn't just show one team. Yeah, the fucking New Yankees would have like ten All Stars every year, but they're not allowed to because there's that one or two teams like the Mariners or the Tigers that have to have that one guy. And those one guys wouldn't be voted in because they're not they don't have the name. Get better. <laughs> even do that. better. Like Kyle Lewis. Does anybody know that name? Nope. I do. Mark? Nah. Is he a baseball player? Yes. Alright, cool. Is he a good baseball player? Oh, he's very good. He played for the Seattle Mariners. You don't know his name because he plays in the in the West. I don't know his name because he plays on the Mariners. But his rookie year was absolutely amazing, and I think he's going to repeat that. So, like, like if there was a playoff game last year, he definitely would have been in. And that would have been exciting. Like, they don't play everybody in the, in the MLB All-Star game, regardless if it's the coach saying no or regardless. They don't do it. I think they could do the same thing in the NBA. Mm. Yeah, I never understood that. It's like, you know... You, you dress a player for yeah, it's an exhibition game. It's, it's an all star game, but why not get him in? It's just like it's a, it's a waste. Right. Great, you're here. 
Yeah, I, sit I, on the sidelines and be a cheerleader. Yeah. Like I understand the Tyler Eifert thing, how like he would never the same after he tore his ACL in the in the Pro Bowl. It's sort of in game. Well, see, I think the Pro Bowl is not representative of any other sports All Star game. The Pro no, Bowl but, is, but again, I mean, just keep in mind. I mean, in a All Star game in baseball, it means nothing. A player can take a pitch to the face. But it used to mean something. And I no, think... no, no, but I, no, I know that. But what I'm saying is, is like, you know, if if I owned a team, like, I don't know if I would want my star guy playing in a game that's meaningless. No, I agree. But if they did it like they did in baseball and were how they do it, how they did it in the NBA last year, totally worth it. Because it made it must-watch TV. That was a fantastic game last year. It was a fast. It was a fantastic fourth quarter. It was fantastic all the way through. But it wasn't, though, because in the first to three, it was just kind of, all right, who can score the most points until we, we, we decide? There was, there was some defense played. Not as much as the fourth quarter. Not as much as the fourth quarter, no, but it was still a lot of like, You saw fucking Kyle Lowry taking charges and all that yeah. shit. Well, I think we can agree in general that all all-star game, Pro Bowls, whatever, there should be incentive. I don't know why there's not incentive. Like, that, like, honestly, that last year's NBA All-Star Game was probably the best All-Star Game I've ever watched. Yeah. Over all the millions of baseball All-Star Games I've ever seen. or, or That's impressive because I'm pretty sure there's only been 27 since you've been alive. <laughs> but, like, you know, so like, I'm a big baseball head. And, like, baseball will always be my first love. And, like, it's just... Well, you think it's too, like, they, these things could still be fun. There's, they could still yeah. be the, the um, home run derby. They could still be the three-point contest. Just these have things, some competitiveness. Right. These things can't exist. When it comes down to the game aspect, you know, the biggest crime of the NFL Pro Bowl, it's not, it's not just the, the defense not existing. It's just they're just playing for a check. One yeah. team one team yeah, makes like, X amount. The losing team makes less. That's mm-hmm. it. That's the only thing involved. It's, it's, a, it's a waste. So. It, it comes down to and, – and think about it on the baseball side. You know, yeah, it, they were playing for the the home field advantage. I know they got rid of it, but, you know, with every team being represented, how many guys didn't care if, you know, oh, the American League has home field. My team's not going to be there, so. Why do I care? You know, like, really. And then – But you cared the, if you were those teams. And that's why they threw out if, those guys at the end of the game. If you're those teams, yes, but again, that that comes down to what eight of the thirty-two teams. Well, at the time, yeah, but like now it, that like they might stick with the expanded playoffs. But but even still, what I mean is, you're still going to have more players that aren't in the playoffs than are. So if you're a coach or owner, what I, I mean, you're going to risk your. You know, maybe the only star on your team. Well, that's why they only play there. three or two innings. But the, it, you could play for an out and get hurt. And no, I get out. it. But I'm just saying, that's why they do what they do. Like they take them out after two or three innings. Except in like the video games, they play them the whole entire game. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just no. It makes sense how he's seen millions. <laughs> you know, for. For the All-Star games, expect, I mean, the Pro Bowl more than anything. I wish they wouldn't even play the game, but... They don't. But I, it, it shouldn't even be a thing. Like, I, I, I've always liked the idea of just have... Do the skills competition, whatever. That, that's fun to watch. Players enjoy it. Cool. But just have it a... Make it a fan event. 
Or if you're going to do an all-star game, a Pro Bowl, do it in the middle of the fucking season. Uh, I, I don't like that. I, I mean, it's the only sport that doesn't. Yeah, but it, it's it's different in the sense that, I mean, now you're adding you're adding a nonsense game to where it's not necessary. Lee gets, mean, who, Lee gets extra time that they can expand the season for, get a lot of extra coverage, do a uh, bye week before, bye week after. So then you're going to have a week of, uh, uh, like a league-wide bye week? Yeah. Then, then the you, season goes into March. Yeah, but you're going to have two league-wide bye weeks surrounded by a game no one cares about. If they make it entertaining. I don't, I don't see how you do. The only entertaining thing about the Pro Bowl the last year was Richard Sherman doing the RKO to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I, so it's funny, Mass. I, I pitched that a couple years back. And logistically, it, it could work. You still run the risk of injury. Of course. You um, run the risk of injury in any All-Star right. game. You, you have to a lot. There has to be now two bye weeks. In, but think about how much ground you can get with the players. We're giving you time off to rest. No, you're right. And for the NFL, unless you unless you make the Pro Bowl, there's a there's you a, still get the week before and the week after. There's a there's a financial. Uh, so some players yeah. are taking three weeks of bye weeks. Yeah. So I mean, they're, 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 we're kind of derailing a little, um, but it, it is the season would have to be longer to do that. It, 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 the season couldn't sustain itself. It would have to start earlier in the year. If no, they it, would have to, to, it would have to go into March. Well, let's say it, unless it started in August. It, it, well, either the tail end Get or the rid beginning. of the preseason like they're planning to already and just start the game. But time. I think the preseason is very important. It, it, preseason, yes. I don't think you need four weeks, but it, it is very important. Okay, so take two preseason games away. There's your two bye weeks. Push one week to the end of the year. It's not hard to do. Perhaps. There's a lot of moving parts. Mass, I'm kind of with you. I think that is that is a better solution that exists now. Um, but let's let's stick with, with uh, NBA. Um, Mass, did you have another question lined up? Yeah, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Tell me something. Why anything. The f- tell him anything. Why the fuck are fouls ruining this game? Because there's a lot of ticky-tack fouls, man. Can you say that again? <laughs> ticky-tack fouls. Yeah, I like that. It's just, it's just, it's just a lot of... Oh, you, you hit my armor just a tad, and they're going to call it. And I think the replay rule fucking bullshit. can never use it anyways. But I think it's just a lot of bullshit. Like, the game, back in the day, Joe, um, what was his name? Bill Beer used to fucking clothesline people and not get called for anything. <laughs> Seems a little reckless on their part, but uh, I follow what you're Player saying. safety. <laughs> but it's like, it's like the NFL. Like. Players got soft. It's all about player safety. But but here's the thing. I mean, I don't I don't think it's so much that players got soft. I think it's that players are now making and generating more money than they ever have. So so teams need to keep these guys on the field, on the court, whatever, because it's it's their revenue. You know, I mean, we we saw it in the NFL where. When the starting quarterbacks were hurt and didn't play, ratings were non-existent. They were so. The I, I mean, they they have to do more to protect these players, guys. That 
played in the, you know the sixties, seventies. They they didn't generate the same money that we see generated today. But there's just such little itty bitty niggle calls that they get. Blatant stuff I get. That's fine. I understand. Raymond Green was fouled for yelling at his teammate the other day and ejected from the game. Yeah, I mean it, it diminishes things, but on the other side of that. When calls aren't made. Right, but that's not player safety. <laughs> that's just a ref getting annoyed that he was called a mean name by a player. And it wasn't even towards him. Yeah, I mean. Th- you know, things happen. It, I don't know. Kyle. No, it, it's just like, it's just, it's just how it is these days. You know? People think they have the right to do something, and they don't. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain the Draymond Green situation. Because you can't. It was stupid. Like that, and you can't explain, like, the fouls. Like, it just is how they call it. It's how the refs see it. Like, like there's a replay. There's a challenge rule. But, like, it's hard to do in basketball. I'm sure I got fouled harder than all those guys in basketball back in my... Like, when I played Park and Rec. But, this is how they saw it. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. It's it's kind of a, an inevitability in, in just modern sports, I think. It's just like, you know, it's just... It's... Bunch of pussies. The, the <laughs> other thing that we see a lot is that, you know, the the overkill to always get it right because when you don't think you know so i think that referees now will call anything and everything with right. the fear of calling it wrong it's the it's the damned if i do damned if i don't yeah you know and, and the thing about sports is you know the human element plays into it so much and a lot of the stuff comes down to the judgment call and you know people get you know crucified if you get the wrong call we're all you know guilty of it you know we've we've all you know sat here on this show or when we're hanging out and you know and bitched and moaned about a call that was wrong and never once <laughs> yeah and, and it sucks but you know sometimes there's you know, only one guy that i truly believe had the right to bitch about any umpire or whatever to get it wrong that's armando galarraga can you elaborate he threw a perfect game. Oh, yeah, this guy. He okay. threw a perfect game. Didn't the referee apologize to him, though? Yeah. Jim Joyce said he was sorry. He got it wrong. But at the time, there was no replay. So the perfect game got erased from him. But you know what? That guy also was not that good. You're right. But he smiled about it. He laughed about <laughs> it. And forgot about it. Yeah. There's nothing you could do. Right. Yeah. You know, bad calls are part of the game. Like That's what people got to understand. Bad calls have been a part of sports forever. Mm-hmm. And you know the thing is, people. Will, sorry, Mark, cut you off for just for a second. But no, go ahead, go ahead. Because every once in a while, you know, as a fan, sometimes a call goes your way, and you no one complains when the call goes like, your way. Like, bet- like between us, like I threw a sh- pitch to Jeff Martin that hit the dirt, and the umpire called it a strike. <laughs> Jeff Martin, for you guys, if you guys are just listening for the first time, he's on the show, but isn't on the show, but is on the show. It's J-Mart. J-Mart. Like, I threw a pitch in the dirt, and he called it a strike. I struck him out on the next pitch. Hey. Kyle, you should, we should talk about what happened when you pitched to me. Mock hit a ball over his head for a home run. 
It is what it yes, is. Jumped. Jumped to hit it. But I won that game. Well, yeah, my team was trash. I got, um. the, I got the W. <laughs> Kyle, why don't coaches and general matter? Coaches and general managers seem to matter for the most part anymore. But the players run the team. Well, why is that a thing? Because it's what LeBron wants, or what KD wants, or what Kyrie wants. It's what the superstars want. They want to build a super team. They want their friends there. That's how I see it. Like they want their best friend to part of the team. LeBron and Wade were best friends. So they joined the team together. And you can't argue with them because they're the best in the world. You know what? After they left, Eric Spolster is still the head coach of Miami Heat. Why? Because he's a good coach. It, it comes back down to money. Mm-hmm. The, the coach isn't generating revenue. You know, I mean, Popovich isn't making the Spurs money. He's winning games. Right. But the superstars on the court are the ones generating revenue. Right. No one's coming out to see, you know, Eric Spoltra. Like, they're like, oh, wow, did you see what he did? He stood on the stood next to the bench the entire game. It's, it's just how it is. Like the Boston Celtics. They have Kimba Walker, who is probably the most excited point, one of the most excited point guards to watch. You have Jason Tatum, a very young star. But here's the thing. You never hear one of those guys bitch about coach or who they bring in because of the situation that they're brought into. Because they're not used... Like, they weren't brought into a situation where you had LeBron James and who basically ran your team. Like, Kyrie, in my opinion, is a cancer to a team. He argues with everybody. Him and James Harden are beef and they haven't even played a game yet. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, They played together. Uh, yeah, just recently. Okay. But, like, Kyrie was, like... Not playing for a while, then all of a sudden came back because he needed time away. Sorry, Kyrie's a not a good player. Sorry, well, Madonna. No, Kyrie's not. Kyrie is not a good teammate. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say because he's a good player. He caught the Celtics and not win a championship that year by being a baby back bitch. Yeah, there's no reason why the team didn't win. I mean, one seed in the East. You had all the talent in the world. Jason Tatum put up his mind his rookie year. Jason Tatum's one of the best players in the NBA. But Kyrie wanted to be a bitch. Because he didn't get the ball enough. He didn't like the situation it was in. Because his coach didn't give him what he wanted. That's how the players are. LeBron picked Tyron Lue because he knew he would allow LeBron to do whatever he wanted. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, really in the end, led to championships. Yeah, you're right. You but know. then when the Cavs said, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. They traded LeBron. LeBron wanted out. LeBron wanted the Lakers. So he brought in Frank Vogel. Who did nothing with the Pacers and did nothing with the Magic. The Sixers brought in Doc Rivers. A coach who, who's known for discipline. Who's known for making sure his players do the right thing. They're playing better with that with him, but they're not great with him because he's a he's a regular season coach. Yeah. Well, the, the players need to be more respectful. I mean, it's like I, I don't know wh- when this this mentality changed that you know, oh, if I complain, I'll get whatever I want. Tyron Lue's a shitty coach. Yeah, it's walked and, all over. And I will say that time and time again, he was not a good coach for Cleveland. You happen to have Kevin Love, LeBron James, and Kyrie Irving. Yeah, say no more. 
That's all. <laughs> Steve Kerr. That's not his team. No, he, he, he fell into a pretty yeah, good situation. he inherited that team. Mark Jackson drafted all three of those guys. You know why he got fired? Why? Because he didn't agree with management. He wasn't a yes man. Where he, is he now? Nowhere. He's an ESPN analyst. If, he, if he's even that anymore. He created the Golden State Warriors. He made them what they were. He said, no, I'm not trading Steph Curry. I'm trading Monte Ellis instead. Look how that turned out. Yeah. Greg Popovich. Never once. Not one of his players have ever said anything bad about him. They played the scheme that the San Antonio Spurs played. Kawhi didn't become what he is until he left the Spurs. And now he's a fucking diva. Tim Duncan. San Antonio Spur lifer. Tony Parker. San Antonio Spur, pretty much lifer. He played for the Hornets, doesn't count. That team, <laughs> he was 48. <laughs> Manu Ginobili, six man. Should have started in any NBA team in the, in the entire world. Came off the bench because he he knew that was the best thing for that team. Popovich was able to get everybody to buy into what yeah. he was doing. They won, was it four or five championships because of that? Mm-hmm. It, it comes back, like we said, with the, the Brady-Belichick thing. It, it was the perfect storm mm-hmm. where he got the players that bought in and they were the players that he needed. Coaches don't run teams anymore. Players do in the NBA. There's only one only one sport where coaches run the team. In my personal belief, it's baseball. Well, so in, in, in baseball, I mean, I can't speak on hockey, but in, in basketball and football, you see the most complaining out of players and, you know, people, they, they, they you know, cross their arms and stomp their feet until they get what they want. Rob Gronkowski came out of retirement to go, to go join the Patri- uh, the Buccaneers. Because Tom Brady left. He didn't like the way Belichick ran things, so he, he retired. Wait. What's I mean, if you watch a lot of interviews with anybody who's played for New England, they all say the same thing. I mean, they say Belichick's not fun to play for. But we win. But you win. So, I mean, what what are you, what are you there to do? You know, if, you, if you're a professional athlete, are you there to have fun? If you're Gronk, or, yes. You're there to do your but, fucking job. But that's what I'm saying. So, there's how many players have we seen gone to New England to win? And it is what it is. I think hockey's the same as baseball. You don't see any of those hockey players complaining about who they're playing for. Yeah, I, I've never once ever heard like a dramatic story at a, at a hockey ever. You don't see super teams created in hockey. What about Tavares? Tavares didn't want to play for New York anymore. They were losing, but he didn't want to play for them I mean, anymore. We'll let that be the, the exception. I, uh, I mean, other than that, I've but never... like he was losing. It's not because he didn't like like his coach or teammates. They were just losing. So he joined a, a, a Toronto Maple Leaf team who's not much better. Who like they had Austin Matthews, but that was it. Yeah, like like baseball, you see all these super teams. The Los Angeles Angels, for instance, they brought in Albert Pujols. Sorry to say, had been fucking trash since he went to fucking Anaheim. Super teams in baseball do not win, except if you're the Dodgers. Even that, they're not really that great of a super team. Well, it took him to this year to finally win. Well, the Astros were cheating. 
Okay. Yep. Okay. Let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about it real quick. Now, like real quick, I'm made, I'm, I'm not being a jerk. The the Los Angeles Dodgers they acquired Mookie Betts. They paired yep. him up with Cody Bellinger. Yep. Okay. Two years. Two years. I don't count anybody a superstar until they're doing it for four or five years in the league. This is my own opinion. That's fair. Okay. Cody Bellinger. Max Muncy. Okay. Yeah. Nothing great. Corey Seager. Big downside until the postseason this year. Fair? Yeah. Okay. Third base, Justin Turner. Became nothing until he went to the Dodgers. Correct? Pretty bad bet. Well, not a bad bet, but much better Dodgers. But, like, you know what I'm saying. A second-year player in Will Smith as a catcher. Correct? Okay. Center field. I'm trying to think who their center field is. They played Kiki Hernandez quite a bit. Correct? Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson. How does that scream super team? Matt Kemp. Wasn't part of that team this year. You're right. How does that scream Matt super Kemp's team? Still in the league. Yeah. Played for the Rockies, Rockies last year. Oh Making his God. way around the NL West. <laughs> how, how does that scream super team? It doesn't. Okay. I've heard time and time again, Kershaw's done. Best postseason he's ever pitched. Walker Bueller, three-time, three-year player. Correct? Yeah. Pitch all right. People say he's the ace of the Dodgers, but he'll never be the ace until Kershaw leaves. In my opinion. Right? Well, not in that opinion. Fact. Julio Uraris. People thought he was going to be the best prospect ever to come out of baseball. He was a fucking setup man for Kenley Jansen. He ate the role. He stopped being a starter and became a setup man. Right? Okay. Cool way to say that, though. Thank you. The Los Angeles Dodgers were not a super team. They were a bunch of players that bought into what their role was. That's what being a good team is all about. Houston Astros. You can say what they cheated all they want. Jose Altuve was an MVP player when he was part of the NL, the National League Astros in 2012, 2013. They brought in Alex Bregman. They drafted Carlos Correa. They drafted both of those players. They drafted George Springer. They didn't go out and sign anybody big. They, they traded for Garrett Cole when he was on the downside in Pittsburgh. There's a homegrown team. Right? Garrett Cole wasn't that Garrett Cole in Pittsburgh. Am I correct? One year he was. But he wasn't. He didn't have that 2.2 ERA that he had in Houston. Am I wrong? No, I mean, uh, much I, I, you're, not, you're not wrong, Cobb, but it is it is different to compare because the Astros team was better than... It, it was the same... You know, no, I, I agree with you. What I'm saying right. is super teams in baseball do not... I'm sorry, the Dodgers are not a super team. That San Diego Padre team that people think are going to win the World Series this year, sorry, it's not going to happen. Will Myers is overrated. Eric Hosmer is overrated. Manny Machado had one good year in the last four. So I, th- I think the Dodgers get grouped into that because we've seen them for the last few years pretty much bring anybody and everybody in. And be like, hey, let's try all these guys. All right, it didn't work. You're right, but people... People forget that the Dodgers took bad contracts. They took players that were on their downswing and made them good again. David Price probably would have been just as good for the Dodgers as he was for the Rays this year. 
but he opted out. David Price sucked at the Red Sox, but was great as a Tiger. Correct? Yeah. I, no, I, I, I'm in the camp that, uh, you know, super teams don't work in, in baseball. And you see him tried time and time again. And I think a lot of people were rooting for the Padres. We want to see the Padres win, but... Now, now you don't, right? Well, I, I mean, not that I don't, but I just don't, I don't think history is on their side whatsoever. Because the San Diego Padres this year brought in the U Darvish. They brought in Blake now, and they brought in Joe Musgrove. Before this year, for the last three years, what have you Darvish done? I mean, Darvish has been the odd man out for a long time. Well, he's been pretty bad. This this past season was kind of like an anomaly. He, right? he kind of got it together again. Like like you Darvish was known for tipping pitches, correct? Yeah, I don't know no, what it that was. Means. Okay, Joe Musgrove means he was like pretty much showing where he was throwing. <laughs> Joe Musgrove had a four point something ERA for the Pirates. He's never been a dominant pitcher. He's always been a th- high three, low four year A guy. Blake Snell has shown signs of kind of falling off just a tad since his first couple of years with the Rays. Granted, he's still a great pitcher, but there's a reason why the Rays decided to take him out of that that game in the ALT in, in, in the World Series. Yes, the Padres have Eric Hosmer, who kind of torn off a little bit after he signed there. Manny Machado, who didn't play good for the Padres his first year. Will he do? Will he play bad again? I don't know. But people are already writing off the Padres as a World Series team. People are writing off the Mets as a World Series team. I'm sorry, but besides Jacob deGrom, no one in that rotation has shown me a damn thing. Noah Syndergaard, time and time again, has shown me he can get hit. Well, yeah, I, I agree, and I, I, I'm not, especially not in the camp of the Mets are going to the World Series because I, I, I've, I've read this story time and time again. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think the only thing I will say is that a guy like Syndergaard has the ability to to flip this script more than a lot of pitchers right. can. Will he do that? That's that's yet to be seen. Because either he's he's strong throughout, or he kind of is. You know, he's he's whatever. Like Steven Matz, we've seen him fucking get rocked time and time again. Like I'm not just picking on your team. There's many teams out there. I don't think the Phillies have a great team. But yeah, what you're saying is what we're kind of getting back to is that the teams that get the most attention, the teams that are making a lot of noise, the teams who are signing these big name, you know, players to create these quote super teams. Are, are written into these positions where, hey, they're, they're, these are the foregone conclusion World Series participants. And that's, right. and that's not how it goes. Like, like, and it translates to basketball in this concept of the Boston Red Sox did not make the, the sexiest of moves. But those three guys that they signed can easily make their team better. And it's like the Golden State Warriors where you have Steph Curry. You have this guy that changed basketball. Like, literally, he changed basketball. Right? They brought in Andrew Wiggins. And if people who don't know, Andrew Wiggins is probably playing the best basketball of his career this year. They brought in the center, James Wiseman, who they haven't played much. But as the, as the season goes, he'll play a lot more and get a lot of better. Don't be surprised if the Golden State Warriors as a seven seed upset a two seed. 
don't be surprised if, you know, like, the Boston Celtics as a five seed makes it all the way to the NBA championship because of how well they're coached. I like how Kyle brought this full circle. Yeah, it worked out pretty well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, because like, <laughs> that was pretty good. Because, like, Dave Roberts, in my opinion, when he first got hired as a coach, I thought he was fucking terrible. Became the fucking one of the best coaches in baseball. You know why? Because analytics doesn't mean shit to him. Just he plays on instinct. He puts he, his nets, He puts his best nine players in the field every night. It's just like the NBA. You put your best players on the court every night. You let them play to their strengths. You don't worry about if, oh, this guy can hit the three that well. You know what? This guy could fucking rebound the shit out of it. The Celtics haven't had a good center and fucking got it knows how long. <laughs> Tristan Thompson's their center. Daniel Theis is their center. You know what they both do really good at? What do they both do really good at? Rebounding the basketball. As a center. That's all you need. You let your playmaker at point guard do his thing. You let your best scorer and your best defender at the three, Jason Tatum, do his thing. You let Jalen Brown do his thing. It's a recipe for success. That shows you have belief in them. Not just, hey, you know what, LeBron James, fuck it. We're going to let him do whatever he wants every night. We're going to let him run the team. Doesn't work. Granted, it worked last year. But this is how it is. Yeah. No, that's true. All right. Kyle, thank you for our Q&A. That was actually very well done. Thank you. Uh, closing remarks, anybody? Uh, hey, no football this coming weekend. No football <laughs> this coming weekend. Hopefully, there's a lot of baseball news this weekend. Yeah, I think we we talked about. I think we're on the verge of a. Let me tell you something. I know you guys, all four of you, including Paul, love baseball the most. Uh, football the most. About to say, Kyle. <laughs> love football the most out of all the four sports. I think Paul might like hockey more, but whatever. To me, there's nothing more greater than baseball. I think Paul will say he likes hockey the most. But he likes football the best. But in my opinion, I think baseball is the best. That's fair. Mock, closing remarks? Yeah, just pretty nauseous that I had to talk well about Tom Brady before. <laughs> Get used to it, buddy. No, that's um, not going to happen anymore. We're going to do a very quick uh, sip of silence. Uh, the late great Hank Aaron passed away this past week um, and sadly tomorrow is the one year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death so moment of silence for both of them you know it's his fault that COVID happened man I didn't know where you were going with that since Kobe died fucking this world's been fucking disaster uh, his, he's the reason why 2020 was so bad God's, God saw he was gone and just said fuck it Yep, had to punish us. But very sad. Rest in peace, both. Um, Alright, beer reviews. Kendall. Alright, courtesy of... Um, actually, I got a name for him. He's going to be Tiki Tacky Souls for this show. Perfect. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, Super Duper Triple Citra from Time of Sucker Brewery. Uh, I've had this a couple times. Um, triple IPA, very good. Um, you know, we were... He he's a big fan of the super duper double citra, and I think on the show we are as well. Um, 
a lot of times, you know, oh, a triple IPA, does it live up to the hype? I think this one definitely does. Um, it, it, it's smooth. Um, 10%. Uh, it does have a, a burnout factor. Like, I, I could drink a four-pack of this, no problem. But That's I, the problem. <laughs> yeah, after you have a couple, it, it hits you hard, and it kind of it knocks you, it knocks you out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember my third one. It's, it's pretty hard. Yeah, you should see his hair. It looks like he got like electrocuted. <laughs> Winning. Winning is right. Winning. Um, and I closed with a Corona Extra, which was uh, terrible. Fine. It was fine. Would Vin Diesel approve? Uh, he he might, but I wouldn't approve that he approved. Okay, Kyle. I'm on my third Super Duper Triple Sister, and it's always tasty as, as usual. Again, 4.9 out of 5. I got to pee again. <laughs> Welcome to my world. They're great. They're a great beer. Mock, how was your water? It was good. Just good? Mock. Yeah. Are you excited for next week? Uh, yes. I love you. Love you too, Kyle. Okay. Uh, Better, hey, Mark, speaking of loving Kyle, where can they find us? Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Getting Sports with Drunk. Twitter is GSWD underscore four. Make sure to use the hashtag GSWD for all your daily uses, whether it's fighting about crab cakes or playing Madden with COVID. Yeah, that Madden game I had to quit out of. Um, <laughs> find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. And Spotify. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and review. Yes. Review us. We love you. We uh we have mixtape Saturdays back in the swing. Yeah, let, let me give you the, the full PPRN radio rundown. And real quick, you know, good job, Mass, today hosting the show. Uh, you know, did, did a great job. Knew all the little cues to do. Um so good job, Mass. Thank you. Um if you Man, have that's not what Kendall texted me. Yeah, <laughs> you, you should have seen the bad things I said about you. Um, if you haven't already, download the Live 365 app. That's where you can listen to all the PPRN radio programming. Um, and it's good programming. It's 24-hour music, except when the shows are on. Um, breaking breaking news-ish. This is the first time you guys are hearing it. Um, our show, if you missed it live on Monday night, you get to hear it again. Saturday, all the shows from the week get replayed. Starting at 6 a.m., um, the Peter Pino Show, our show... Uh, highlights from Joe Antonio, um, Mike Ruda's uh, best you should ever heard, because they they do many shows during the week. They kind of they'll they'll pick and choose what. But if you missed our show live, you can you can hear it again on the Live Three Sixty Five app. You can listen to all those other places uh, where you get your podcast, but you can hear it again on the radio on Saturday mornings. Um, every day at noon, the Joe Antonio Show. Um, Peter Pino show Wednesday night, seven thirty to ten thirty. The best shit you've never heard. Tuesdays and Thursdays at ten. Uh, our show, obviously, uh, a couple podcasts as well. Uh, Friday night delight. Uh, Mike, who does the best shit you've never heard. Uh, he and uh, his wife, uh, they they host kind of like a, a a fun podcast uh, where they they'll talk music and just you know a little everything going on. Um, and then we also have hell fucking yeah. Uh, Mike's got three shows on the network. I mean, he feels like <laughs> I feel like we're slacking. We got to make some more content. We're going to um, start a D and D podcast. <laughs> I, we're going to talk about that. My no, cousin, we're not. My cousin does a D and D podcast. I wanted to do a cross oh promotion. God. I thought it'd be a lot of fun. And coming soon. Guys, talk about his cousin again. No, this is a, this is a real cousin. Um, Jared to Jarrett. Uh, 
pushed back a week, uh, but coming soon. It's the Boo Show. Uh, I believe it's going to be an hour program on Thursday nights. Um, it's going to be kind of pop culture and just a, a lot of fun stuff. Boo is on the Peter Pino Show. He does a great job. Uh, he does tarot really card readings. Whatever he feels like talking about, right? Exactly. And uh, not not on the PPRN page yet, but uh, Pete will be doing an additional show. Um, I'm going to let him... You know, on Wednesday, I'm sure he'll talk about more uh, about his show. But coming soon to the network, uh, Pete will be adding another show of his to the network. So a lot of cool things. Seriously, go listen to them all. They're great. Like, this is a legit radio station. Yeah. You can't fantastic. find us on the dial in your car, but you can listen to it for free. And it's awesome. So Download the Live 365 app. We're happy to be a part of it. All right. That was pretty succinctly done. Well, it feels a little weird to say this. I have hated doing this all night long. Uh, I really am happy that the Riddler will be back next week. Uh, but until next time, I'm your host, the Mask Chris Massey. I'm Mark. Gene Washable. Gross. <laughs> what was my name? Tiki Tacky Souls. Ah. Uh, wasn't that. It wasn't that. You were Luther. Oh, yeah. Luther Van Souls. Luther Van Souls. And the Rat of a Red Baron. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.